it is Friday. We're so super excited because we got the one and only Noel Weisberg coming on the show. Yes. Get a little crazy. Get a little extraordinary, as they say. He as does. They say. And he's so kind. He is. He's very kind, as we will find out. It's fantastic. Exactly, exactly. Most recently, most notably from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. You guys know we love this show, so of course, we're having a couple of their people come back on the show. New people, by the way. Not yes. return guests, but new people. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun this week and next week. Just a little tease man it's awesome just absolutely amazing a great set to be on is what it sounds like you'll hear over the next two weeks but man it's going to be a great show let's get this thing started What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 157 this yes, week. Yes, 157. Absolutely wild. We were just talking about how it is insane in the membrane that it's been like over a year now since the big 100th episode. I know. We better get cracking on planning the 200th episode. Yeah, My seriously. goodness, man. There's so much going on. There really is. So much good stuff, though. So much good stuff. And you guys know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? Guys, we have a whole bunch to talk about. A lot of good stuff. We got some Marvel news. We got some DC news. We got a lot of Paramount news. They're doing a little bit, a little bit of uh, reworking their theatrical schedules. We got some HBO Max. The streaming wars are alive and well. You guys know, so it's gonna be crazy. It is. Man, oh man. But before we get this thing started, though, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. And you can donate to our Patreon page. We got so much stuff going on there. And of course, be sure to head over to Podcast Magazine, where you can vote for us on the top 50 podcasts, because we want to get back on that list. So freaking good. So freaking good. But before we get this thing started, two huge losses that we had today yeah there was absolutely insane i mean two very different people uh <laughs> prince philip lost him age 99 and we lost hip-hop legend dmx you mean not commonly mistaken no no not, no, no no but no. you're right two two i mean pioneers in their own right so um yeah it's it, gonna be interesting moving forward to say the very least yeah very prolific and i mean just another thing to advocate for addiction is real it is a disease and that shit will come up and bite you in the ass so you got to be careful with everything man you only get one life so might as well take advantage of it in the right way so just got to do the right thing man do the right thing Mm. but Let's get started with some Disney news. Everybody's been wondering, what's Sam Mendes going to do after 1917? Everything's been up in the air. Everybody's juggling it all around. It's true. Well, Searchlight Pictures is teaming up with the 1917 director for Empire of Light, which is aiming for a fall 2022 release date. Now, they have found their leading lady, so it's freaking awesome to hear oscar winner olivia coleman has signed on for this thing the project is described as a love story set in and around a beautiful old cinema age on the south coast of england in the 1980s done i'm in right yeah you had me at 80s you had me at 80s and old cinema 
It sounds good. It does sound good. I mean, Mendez knows how to do those period pictures really well, right? Agreed. So, I mean, and you can't go wrong with Olivia Coleman. I mean, exactly, exactly. And uh, they are also producing with Neil Street Productions, so it's going to be a good one. I'm super excited about it because old cinema man, like we said, we're film buffs, so of course we're excited about Hell it. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Another one that everybody's been wondering about because we hear about it, then we don't hear about it. It's happening. It's not happening. It's a go. It's not a go. I'm talking about Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Indiana Jones. I said it. Five. The, right? Well, apparently it is happening, guys. It is definitely happening. The next installment of Indiana Jones has now found its female lead to star opposite the 78-year-old Harrison Ford. And it's Emmy winner Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes! Fleabag Phoebe. That's going to be amazing. Um, She's been cast to star opposite Harrison um, in Indiana Jones 5. I'm, you're not. You're hearing that correct. Indiana yes. Jones Five, as it's temporarily known. Who knows what it will actually be? But anyway, Ford is reprising his role. Duh. Uh, you can't have Indiana Jones without Indiana Jones. And in addition, this one should get you really excited too. Oscar-winning composer John Williams, who will always have my heart for the Superman theme song. God bless and Star Wars. He's amazing. Um, he's signed on to score the film. And did you guys know this? He's actually scored. Every single Indiana Jones film. That's awesome. Yeah, all the way back to Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's really freaking cool, man. And you got a freaking huge director on, freaking uh, James Mangold coming on, taking over the... Who finally got Logan right. Yeah. <laughs> this is the man. Ford versus Ferrari. If you're going to hand it over, old man Indiana, right? Like, right, like exactly. old, uh, He got old man Logan right, so Indiana's in good hands. That's all so I'm saying. So freaking funny. Yeah, <laughs> taking over the realm f- or the helm from Steven Spielberg, which is very interesting. I was yes. surprised that he was going to give that one up. Yep, yep. Uh, some also exciting news. The newly built Avengers Campus at Disneyland will be opening to the public on Friday, June 4th. Mark your calendars, guys. Two days after Marvel's chief Kevin Feige's birthday. I wonder if they did that on purpose. Oh, you, had, you know uh, <laughs> yeah. Not long after Disneyland's April 30th reopening uh, release date. Now, the land is freaking going to be made up of several heroic locations, each hosted by a different Avenger, uh, sharing their unique powers, technology, and knowledge with recruits. Now, rides include Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure, a Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout, as well as restaurants that are loosely inspired by like Ant-Man and things like that. And it's called uh, Pim's Test Kitchen. Yeah, oh. So that's exciting. Will you get giant burgers or will you be sitting in like giant chairs like you're a little guy? That'll be awesome. Right. I'm totally go. I have to be trained. I want to be a recruit at Avengers Campus. <laughs> I want to, I'm a total geek. I'll even wear the costumes. I don't care. Suit me up. So Suit funny. me up. That's all I'm saying. Hey, Angelica. Is joining She-Hulk. She is. I'm so excited about this one. Renee Lee Goldsberry set to star in She-Hulk, uh, the Disney Plus series. And as you guys know, she's joining the previously announced She-Hulk herself, Tatiana Maslany, and Ginger Gonzaga. If you guys don't know, because you should know, we've talked about this numerous times, but if you don't know, She-Hulk is Jennifer Walters. She's a lawyer. She gets in an accident. She has to have a blood transfusion. And none other than her cousin Bruce gives her some juice. And she becomes the She-Hulk. But unlike Bruce, she stays that way and can control it. Like So it's a whole different ballgame right there. So, pretty cool. 
I mean, I don't know who, obviously, you know Marvel. The role she's having is being kept under wraps, uh, like they do with every Marvel thing. But I'm super excited because she's a brilliant actress, and and this is going to be amazing. Agreed, man, agreed. Another exciting thing. Oh, what? Mm. Could she be Storm? Who knows? I mean, I'm just saying. They said they were going to – Kitty Pride was rumored. I mean, they, they, we know. I'm just saying. Just saying. She'd be epic as fucking story. Who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> uh, Disney Plus also debuted a new trailer for Loki, the series that's coming later this year. We're so super excited about this because it's going to catch up with him after he stole the Tesseract in Avengers Endgame. Therefore, uh, splitting the timeline, you know, in completely different ways. Yep. And it is Marvel's third series that will be hitting Disney+. Plus, and no doubt, this one is also going to be a record breaker, I feel like. So, I mean, of course, Falcon and the Winter Soldier breaking some records along with WandaVision. Now... There are more things happening this year and in the next couple years for Marvel. They apparently have 10 Disney Plus shows in the works for the next few years. That's insane, including Hawkeye and Miss Marvel now expecting around 2021. But Loki is just around the corner at June 11th, so stay tuned. Yes, I'm so super pumped about that. What I'm not super pumped about... I get, but reading into this story, I was a little bit happier, but I'm still not too cool with it. The right stuff, Patrick J. Adams, Danny Strong, our buddy Danny and all that, not moving forward um, at Nat Geo for Disney+. Plus. Uh, not cool. But, but here's the good news about it. According to a source familiar with the matter, they didn't cancel it because they weren't happy with the performance of the show or that it wasn't getting good ratings or numbers. It actually was. They're doing a complete redo, redesign of Nat Geo. So it just didn't fit into the type of programming that would be on Nat Geo any longer. Now, why did they didn't just switch it over to Hulu or switch it onto the regular side of Disney Plus? I have no fucking idea. But I'm buying their explanation. The good news is, is that it's being shopped around to other streamers. It's a Warner Brothers production. So it seems like HBO Max might be a good idea. I'm just saying, especially when you're competing with the mouse. Now, two versions of the show are currently being shopped around. One which involves the current cast, and it would be a continuation of the story, and the other that focuses on the 1980s with the space shuttle and all that kind of stuff going on. Um, I'd be fine with either one of those. Um, Pat, You just age up Patrick J, because as you guys know, John Glenn also was on the space shuttle so we gotta keep him around um but it would go into the apollo missions if it does follow up season two and stays with the current storyline and actors it would start going into the apollo and moon missions. so good luck guys i hope you land somewhere hbo max are you paying attention uh but anyway so there's the news on that one it would only make sense it would only make sense well annie gonzalez and a newcomer sofia coppina have been cast in abc's multi-camera sitcom pilot of bucktown now we've talked about this one before it has yep. jane lynch shannon woodward and nicole ritchie uh capita is making her acting debut on bucktown and gonzalez will play a role of jesse amy's opinionated best friend who works beside her as an assistant at the ad agency so oh. it sounds like a whole bunch of good times if <laughs> you don't want to be an opinionated person going up against jane lynch no you i feel really like don't. she's gonna tear you down but it's yeah. gonna be good that sounds funny i know you're excited about this one robert mesa who made his debut on Grey's Anatomy in the third episode of this season, playing intern James Chi. He's been bumped up to a regular. Yes. Fantastic. Congratulations. 
Um, she is the first indigenous doctor on Grey's Anatomy in its full 17-year run, which is hard to believe, but it's true. He's next going to appear on next week's episode, uh, April 15th. And get this, guys. It's going to be an interesting one because it's going to take on a timely event. Um, Maggie is going to treat a patient wounded in the Seattle protests while the other doctors are struggling to help a COVID denier mm. who has COVID. <laughs> that sounds like uh you know yeah well i'm very interested for this character because he's actually only been on two episodes this season so i mean from going basically to nothing to a recurring role kudos to the himself so i'm just interested how they're gonna build his character into the overall storyline so absolutely always a good see. sign though always a good sign. i guess people liked him yeah right i mean so <laughs> exactly exactly uh natalia anderson will direct the abc single camera comedy pilot of maggie anderson started out as a director and producer on cbs comedy series life in pieces directing multiple episodes other than tv directing credits for anderson include Blackish, Single Parents, Bruised Brothers, Grownish, American Housewife, and Perfect Harmony. And she has also worked at Brownstone Productions under Elizabeth Banks. So her resume is looking pretty freaking nice. Hell yeah. And she also worked on uh, Pitch Perfect 1 and the second one of that one. Which makes sense with Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats, man. Smart move. Smart move. Now this next story makes so much more sense to me. Because we were talking about this when we first announced this a couple weeks ago on the show the whole uh pam and tommy the it was gonna be you know a docuseries about a limited series about uh pamela anderson and you know tommy lee's sex tape and we're yeah, like what the really fuck? Weird. what okay but we have more details about that now nick offerman is gonna join alongside lily james and sebastian stan as seth and seth rogan um in the hulu limited series now this is what makes more sense to me it's about the theft and release of the sex tape. Mm. That makes more sense to me. I, okay, now so now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of what the series is actually right. about. The eight-episode series is currently titled Pam and Tommy. Stan will play Lee, of course. And uh, you, obviously Lily James is going to play Pamela Anderson. Good choice. Um, this is interesting, though. Offerman will star as Uncle Milty. Described as a big and burly, legendary, prolific porn impresario, brings his larger-than-life stature into the workplace to keep things lively and real. The money guy, Uncle Milty, helps disgruntled electrician Rand, who's played by Seth Rogen, distribute the sex tape. Borderline sociopath, he treads along the line of between humorous and horrific. Nick Offerman's perfect. Yeah, right? So it was basically Tommy's uncle that I had no idea about that. That's fucked up. I, um, it's totally. He was he was he was going after that Kardashian plan. That's what it was. Like, like release a sex tape, build an empire. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that one, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> very freaking interesting. But good choice. I love the cast. Yeah. I mean, agreed. Lily James, Sebastian Stan, and Nick Offerman and Seth Seth Rogen. Well yeah, done, guys. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the next one is Crime Scene Kitchen. It's going to be a new baking competition series hosted by comedian, actor, and author Joe McHale, and judged by uh, Chef Kurt. Curtis Stone and cake artist Yolanda 
Gamp. Uh, now, this will premiere May 26th at 9 p.m. on Fox. The network describes Crime Scene Kitchen as a culinary guessing game in which bakers must uh, decode what type of dessert they will be taste or will be tasted with making. Ooh. So, oh, this will be done by them shifting through a few uh, elusive clues and tasting the crumbs. Then they will attempt to recreate the dessert with the celebrity judges. Snowden and Gamp will determine how close they got to matching the dishes and as well as how good their item tastes were. So, very this interesting. This sounds absolutely entertaining as hell. I, so, it's basically a crime scene of a dismantled dessert and or meal and you're gonna have to figure out what it was by gathering the yeah. evidence and then remaking it. that sounds fucking awesome all right all right i'm in i'm watching that one that that would have been a great one for our top five today i'm just saying right but, all right switching to the bunny because you know you can't do the mouse without the bunny here we go and this is exciting. This is a good one. James Kisanti Moyer has joined the cast. He's the newest member of DC's upcoming Black Adam in a role that, of course, is being kept under wraps. Of course. So of course. He joins the cast, as you guys know, Dwayne Johnson in the title role of Adam himself, and the big screen debut of DC's Justice Society with Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, who, by the way, if you haven't seen him, is fucking ripped right now to play Hawkman. Damn. Noah Centino as Adam Smasher and Quintessa Swindell as Cyclone. Uh, the movie comes out July 29th, 2022. Very nice, very yeah. nice. It seems like every week we got more news to report about Black Adam. Yeah, it's going to be freaking huge, and he's still trying to get... Yeah, he's already fucking ripped. Like, yeah. his thighs, oh my god. I, I, it was scary. They're the it, sides of both of our heads put together. I, seriously, all he's got to do is really walk into Hamada's office and say, Cavill gets a sequel, and and we're keeping yeah, the, okay. it. Or I'm stomping okay. you between these things. I'd be scared. I'd yeah. be like... Whatever you want. Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> whatever you freaking want. Oh, man. But Big Little Lies director uh, Jean-Marc Jean Vailey and producing partner Nathan Ross have set a first look deal with HBO Max and HBO. Basically the same thing. Uh, basically. Where the pair will be uh, shepherding, shepherd herding a limited series, The Gorilla and the Bird. Now, the three-year pack calls for... Uh, the producing partners to executive produce Gorilla through their Crazy Rose banner. And Bailey will direct the drama based on a memoir by Zach McDermott about his mother's unconditional love for her bipolar adult son. Now, the Crazy Rose uh, partners will also ex executive produce uh, another HBO limited series, The Player's Table, to be directed by Annabelle Antiasso. So... Very interesting. So that explains the, the gorilla and the bird. If he's bipolar, it's, yeah. it's the same dual side of the same person. Okay. Uh, now that makes out because I'm thinking gorilla and bird. What are we talking about? It makes total sense. Agreed. Total. Hey, did you guys see it? We saw it. He saw it. He's pumped. He's I jammed. I Jammed. <laughs> that was so unintentional, but so accurate. I'm pretty pumped too because I was a fan of the original. I love the original MJ. But the king is taking this one, guys. I'm, of course, talking about Space Jam, A New Legacy. They dropped their trailer, which immediately blew up on social media, obviously, for seeing LeBron James and the Looney Tunes for the first time in 25 years, yeah. guys, the Space Jam. So that's awesome. If you guys don't know, the film features Sonoqua Martin 
Martin Green and Don Cheadle, among a whole bunch of NBA players. You guys know that. Now, this Space Jam installment, I can't believe this, marks the first theatrically released film to feature Looney Tunes since 2003 when they had that Looney Tunes back in action. That I, I can't even believe that's crazy. I know, right? Um, Space Jam A New Legacy will be available on HBO Max for 31 days after its theatrical release on July 16th. Now, if you guys caught and you listened carefully, I know you were probably thinking the same thing I was, and then it was confirmed by the woman herself. Zendaya is actually voicing Lola uh, in the upcoming movie, so that's fantastic. Great choice. She's on fire right now. Agreed. Um, and like I said, she announced it on Twitter. She said, yep, that was me. That's my voice. Boom. So LeBron James and Zendaya. Right. Already. It's in. sold out. It's in. sold out. <laughs> well, I'm just super uh, thrilled with it because like the exterior, obviously you kept the bones of it, but the interior, it's a completely different story than the first yeah. one. Like I absolutely love that. I love the creative vision and with the first time director there. So, I mean, I, I'm really excited to see how they're going to do this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I like the window, the, the, the 31 days or, I mean, that's good. Did you see where they admitted they fucked up by putting them no they said it's doing well godzilla and calling it but they they were like mm, that decision to, it, we messed up <laughs> so <laughs> so good for them for owning that but hey i'm glad it's working out for you guys um yeah okay yeah, are you man. excited about this one i am whatever uh, Kristen davis one of the stars <laughs> of hbo max's upcoming sex in the city revival my mom's probably more excited oh than yeah I am. oh yeah and just like that has set a second series project in development at the warner media streamer hbo max has put in development deeds a half hour black comedy starring executive produced by davis from ellen pompeo's banner which is why i asked if you were excited yeah, 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 ellen yeah, pompeo. you know you know when i first saw deeds i was like mr deeds yeah, right uh, i thought it was some sort of a sequel yeah, or right? something like okay uh, deeds is about a desperate realtor who's davis who embarks on an increasingly uh, dark path when she is forced to team up with a drug addicted sociopath young couple who soon discovers that in a world of high-end la real estate when it comes to immorality and cutthroat behavior they're outmatched Damn, that does sound dark. I know. Like, what the fuck? We've got but a few stories in the news that have the word sociopath in yeah. it, so I don't know what's up with that. Guys, Hollywood. mental illness is real, Yeah, and right. there's a lot of stories about it, so just we're just saying. Uh, ooh, this one's fantastic, guys. I'm super excited about this one. He's extremely excited about this one. Da, da, HBO da, 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 has da. announced the launch of The Iron Anniversary. What is that? It's a month-long celebration to commemorate the 10th anniversary, which I can't even believe it's been that long already. The 10th anniversary of the premiere of Game of Thrones. Now, you're asking, what's going to be included in this epicness? Well, I'm going to tell you. Included in the celebration are an interactive Game of Thrones spotlight page on HBO Max, which is live now, as well as a Game of Thrones marathon. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Of all episodes of season one. And that's not all. Tell them Don Porto. Warner Brothers Consumer Products is releasing a new line including a one-of-a-kind Imperial Egg by Fabergé, a range of McKellar beers inspired by the series, and an assortment of iron-textured Funko Pops. The new ones look yeah. awesome. Right? I mean... 
That's pretty epic. I know, If you're right? a Game of Thrones fan, you are lit up right now. I mean, that's some good stuff right there. Agreed, man. Agreed with all the other ones coming out. I'm glad they're still showing appreciation for the original. <laughs> so it makes sense. It makes sense. Now, HBO Max has given a series order to the half-hour comedy Minx. Now, the streamer has given the show a 10-episode order, and it's set in 1970s Los Angeles. Now, the show is around an earnest young feminist Ophelia Love Bond, who joins forces with a low-rent publisher, who is Jake Johnson, to create the first erotic magazine for women. Mm. In addition to Love Bond and Johnson, the show also stars Idra Victor, Jessica Lowe, Lennon Parham, and Michael Angrio, and Oscar Montella. Now, this is the first... It was the first order to pilot by HBO Max last year. Oh. So, I mean, honestly, I love Jake Johnson. Yeah, honestly. But I wish that HBO Max would put out more original content because they're very slow about that, it's I will true. say. So, I'm hoping we see more of that in the near future. I, now, does it, I'm wondering, is this a fictionalized story about Playgirl? That's mm. what it sounds like, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, but hey, you know. <laughs> now, we're switching over to the eye, and we've got a lot of really good news for the eye, but this is still the eye. It okay? is. Okay, it's still the House of Moonves, whether you like it or not. They're still paying the son of a bitch, and they still have problems, guys. Um, two CBS veterans, Peter Dunn and David Friend, because we report the good and the bad guys. Okay? Peter Dunn and David Friend are leaving their top roles at a CBS's local stations division as an investigation continues into allegations they were abusive to women and employees of color. Both men, who have spent years running CBS's owned and operated stations, were placed on administrative leave in January following a Los Angeles Times report that examined their behavior towards women and people of color employed by the individual outlets. Now, the issues raised are sensitive ones for CBS, which, as I just said, the House of Moonves, uh, prior to its late 1919 merger, 1919, woo, that was a long time ago, 2019 merger with Viacom, <laughs> grappled with issues of how its employees were treated. The former chairman, Douchebag Moonves, was ousted from the company in 2018 after being accused of sexual misconduct. He, of course, denied the allegations, but CBS is paying him anyway. I just want to continue to say that. Claims of the inappropriate behavior and were also raised as CBS News, which ousted the former CBS This Morning co-anchor Charlie Rose, who did not deny it, to his credit, in the fall of 2017 after allegations of sexual harassment. Um, and now, he is denying it. Again, I want to state, Moonves is still getting paid and has a fancy office in the Sunset Tower. Uh, All right. Yep, just saying, just saying. <laughs> now, they try to counterbalance that with shit like this. Me Too movement founder and activist Tarna Burke and her producing partner Marvin Macano have struck an overall producing deal with CBS Studios to develop scripted, unscripted, and documentary projects for linear television and CBS's uh, streaming platforms. Now, their entire entity and. Their entirety field house productions will serve to develop and produce stories that embrace complexity and highlight the underrepresented voices with the aim of championing narratives driven by storytellers who represent the rest of us. Now, 
like we said, they're just trying to counterbalance shit because there's so much bad. So they're like, look at the good we do. Look at the good we do. And remember, a bunch of people, showrunners from All Rise and The Neighborhood just left yeah. because they weren't trying to tell stories that represented the rest of us. Yeah. So that's a smart move by what they're doing. I mean, you got to try to fix it somehow, right? <sighs> This next one is interesting because we're hearing this about a lot of the CEOs and you're wondering how the fuck does this happen during a year when you were bleeding money, right? Because everybody's losing money during COVID. You weren't selling movies. You weren't getting that. But, but Viacom CBS CEO Bob Backish got a massive pay bump last year with his total compensation. This is insane to me, you guys. Rising by more than $20 million to $38.9 million. His overall haul was padded by a $19.7 million bonus compensation and another $16 million in stock awards. Now, his base salary for last year was only $3.1 million, but then you add in all the stock bonuses and all the stuff, you get him up there. Here's the crazy part, though. Backish's 2019 compensation package was just $8.4 million. With all of this. So how are you like losing all this money? You're going through, you're struggling, you're not making any profits, you're shut down like everybody, and yet he somehow got a stock bonus and he said, hey, give him 20 million extra bucks. Like what the fuck? While employees were still furloughed, while employees were still not working and getting, I'm just saying, I'm just putting that out there. I know a lot of these big executives forgave their salaries and everything, but I'm just saying, This is why Hollywood gets a bad rep. When you get stories like these that the CEOs and the executives are bankrolling money when they're letting go literally all of their underlings. Like this is why Hollywood gets a bad rep. They're not all bad, we promise you. But like we said, we report on the shady shit and the real shit. Wild, man. Absolutely wild. More wild things, like we teased a little bit early at the beginning of the show. Paramount has delayed the release dates for several major films, including Top Gun Maverick, Mission Impossible 7, Dungeons and Dragons, and more. Now, in total, 10 films had their release dates shuffled, with three of them starring Tom Cruise. Paramount, the House of Cruise. Right, the House of Cruise. That's their new slogan. That's right. Um, We put it on cruise control. Yeah. Now, the Top Gun Maverick film is flying to November 19th of 2021. I'm surprised they moved that out of the summer, to be honest I with know. You. That's very weird because it was slated for July 2nd of 2021. But now Mission Impossible 7, which has taken the spot of Top Gun, is getting pushed to next year mm. to November 19th. Or no, actually to May 27th of 2022. So that one's getting pushed to a summer release, which is weird because I would have flip-flopped it. I feel like Maverick is going to do so much better than Mission Impossible. But that's just my opinion. It might be Cruz saying he wants to make sure theaters are at full capacity before they release it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I think he thinks, like you and me, that Top Gun is going to be huge. And he doesn't want to risk it on a half-full theater. I mean, I and it's the House of Cruz. Right. but it's weird because he's releasing – they're releasing Maverick before Mission Impossible. Yeah. So that's the weird thing. Yeah, Like I is. would have just waited longer on that one. Yep. Um, now, the sequel to Mission Impossible 6 or Mission Impossible 8 uh, was originally dated for November 4th of 2022. Now it's going to be in um, July 7th of 2023. <laughs> 
So, yeah, that's absolutely wild. Now, the Dungeons & Dragons movie starring Chris Pine, Hugh Grant, Raji Jane Page, and has moved to from May 27, 2022 to March 3rd of 2023. Now, with the fourth installment of the Jackass franchise, which nobody needs anyway, they should have just taken that completely off, that is going to October 22nd of 2021. Uh, that one's only moving back a month. It was supposed to be September 3rd. Uh, the G.I. Joe spinoff, Snake Eyes, which a lot of people are surprised about and excited about, which honestly, I mean, you know, G.I. Joe is okay, but why are you trying to revamp this series as well? Focus on Star Trek. I'm just saying. Oh, we've got Star Trek news. Don't worry. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. But this one's starring Henry Golding and is a lone movie to jump forward. It's going to be released three months earlier than originally inspected, or than expected. It's going to be released July 23rd of 2021 instead of October. So, you know, you know. And for previously undated movies were added to the release calendar an untitled bg's movie will be coming out november 4th of 2022 yes the next star trek film will beam up on june 9th of 2023 the shrinking of treehorn will be released on november or november 10th of 2023 and an untitled film starring ryan reynolds and john krasinski will hit theaters november 17th of 2023 now did you guys hear that? Because it was very quietly, you know, secretly within that big story. Paramount confirmed there is another Star Trek movie coming and it's announced and it's got a date. So, woohoo! Because right. it's long been questioned about will there, won't there. Well, there is, apparently, because they just released it and they said it's coming out on that date. So there it is, official confirmation. Is this the Tarantino one? I uh, we don't know. We, we just one. know it <laughs> is a – there's a lot of Star Trek stuff that goes on, guys. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of announcements. If you watched all their little trailers and everything, we'll talk about it. But I'm super pumped that there's just another one coming. Right. Um, I'm also super pumped about this – Natalie Morales from The Little Things, Amy Landecker from Transparent, and Alice Lee, you know her, Emily from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. They've all been cast in the TikTok star Sarah Cooper single-camera CBS comedy inspired by her book, How to Be Successful Without Hurting Men's Feelings. The pilot's described as a look into three women at different stages in their career at a male-dominated company. Now, Morales is set to play Joanna, a conflict-averse, people-pleasing middle manager at the small tech firm, Lucent Muse. She lives with her boyfriend of two years, a sweet, loyal guy who might be too sweet and loyal for her. Now, this is the one I'm excited about because Alice Lee, she... I'm super pumped about this. She's going to play the role of Elise, who is thrilled to be at Lucent Muse and to share all of her ideas. However, her inability to bite her tongue and just be an observer... Gets her into a little bit of trouble with the boys club led by a trio of men called the Bryans. Landecker will play Dale, the only woman in Lucent Muse's leadership team. She lives by the philosophy, what would Sheryl Sandberg do? And believes that the way to get ahead in a male-dominated workplace is to work twice as hard and be one of the boys. As the maid breadwinner in her marriage, she spends much of her time, as many successful women do, in therapy. <laughs> so I'm super excited about this. Uh, we could not be more happy. And just a little teaser, a little teaser, Alice Lee, 
we 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 got a little knowledge about how she doesn't like to hold her tongue and how she gets. She's our guest next week. Yes, we're continuing that Zoe's playlist. Love right there. So stay tuned for that. That's gonna be awesome. Exactly, man. Exactly. Now, Chai McBride has joined the Untitled CBS Multicam Comedy Pilot based on the real life pro bowler Tom Smallwood. McBride <laughs> will will star as Archie, the proud owner of the bowling alley Archie Lanes, home of the curly. Fry, Archie is both Tom's mentor and long-standing father figure. Now, his direct and unequivocal look on life's urges pursue or have Tom pursue his dreams. So yes. it's that little push that has Tom gets those curly fries. I really like McBride, though. I think he's a fantastic actor. I've loved him since Human Target and all the other stuff that he's been in. I just think he was on Suits. Um, he's he's a phenomenal guy. Super pumped and. Uh, I'm still not super pumped about this show, but it's it's getting better. You're getting better people in it, so okay, getting there, getting there. Hey, you want this next one? Yeah, I'll uh, take that. Okay. I'll take that. Okay. Oh, now it's very interesting. I'm surprised this show stayed on as long as it did. <laughs> to be honest with you, CBS's MacGyver reboot, starring Lucas Till, which premiered back in 2016, will end after five seasons mm. in its series finale, April 30th. I'm not sad. No. no. I'm just saying. Me either. I'm I don't I, I mean yeah, I'm with you. I'm surprised it lasted that. I'm yeah. surprised the Magnum one has lasted as long as it has. And like I'm just like those were classic epic shows that you shouldn't have retouched. I'm I agree. just saying. I agree. Now, I was super pumped about this. I was talking about how Paramount Plus released a bunch of Star Trek shit, right? Over the over the weekend and, and just like so many and if anybody noticed on the little piece of paper on the on the Picard promo cue. And now it's confirmed, and I'm so fucking excited about this. John Delancey, who first portrayed the iconic character of Q, uh, the uh, I just if guys, oh, I'm so excited. On the Next Generation, confirmed that he will appear in the second season of Picard alongside Patrick Stewart. Now, Q shared a comedic chemistry with Picard on Star Trek series, often getting on the captain's nerves. Picard initially deemed Q's services unnecessary, but as the series progressed, Q morphed into a mentor role to Picard. In the episode Deja Q, he said Picard is the closest thing in this universe that I have to a friend. Now, they were an epic back and forth on the entire run of Star Trek The Next Generation and the idea and thought that they are bringing him into Picard I fucking love yeah. it, I, I could not be more happy and if you haven't checked out season 1 of Picard do it, it's phenomenal and then get set for season 2 exactly, exactly and another one that you need to check out the first season of, especially if you love adult animated comedies plus Star Trek they have given a, another season order for Star Trek's Lower Deck, an early renewal for a 10-episode third season before the animated series returns for its sophomore season this summer. Now, the show will return for season two on Thursday, August tw- uh, 12th, so yeah. be sure to mark your calendar. We're super huge fans of this one. I yeah. mean, th- it's... It's phenomenal. It, it, can, it has all the magic and all the stuff that made Star Trek The Next Generation special, but it's animated in its own thing, and it's fucking, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's Star Trek meet Family Guy. Like, it's really, it's what it is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Hey, 
I'm excited about this one too. I, I don't know about the Wayne Brady thing, although I love Wayne Brady, so but I'm not sure about that. But I am excited about uh, about the other news, Kush Jumbo and Delroy Lindo. Paramount Plus is the Good Fight, which is the Good Wife spinoff, and I'm I'm totally addicted to both. It's fine. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Wayne Brady is coming on to the upcoming fifth season of the show. Brady's going to recur on the drama series as Del Cooper, an executive at a top streaming service who becomes romantically and professionally involved with one of the lawyers at the firm. Now, here's the exciting news for me. Kush Jumbo, who you guys know we said is walking away from the show to spend more time with her newborn uh, child and family and everything. And Delroy Lindo, who's walking away from the show because he got a new pilot at ABC and and, and super excited about that. But they both are set to return, at least for the first few episodes in the fifth season, to close out their storylines definitively because... It was cut short uh, during the final season or season four for uh, COVID, and they didn't really wrap up their storyline. Mm-hmm. So kudos to the Kings and and for them to bring them back and let them close it out properly. Because I hate when they do that. Yeah, shit. like you know, so exactly. Good. Just write them off, and they have one line that's like, uh, "Oh, here's what happened to these characters." Yeah, like, no, yeah, you no. need like more than that. Yeah, and they're both phenomenal actors who deserve to be going the right way. So. Yay. Agreed, agreed. Now, Showtime's biggest series right now, sadly going off the air, but it had an amazing run, Shameless. They have announced that they're going to have a virtual farewell event uh, featuring all of the main cast members. Now, this is going to be April 11th at 7 7 p.m. Pacific time, immediately following the series finale. Uh, John Wells, the showrunner, and will join the main cast all together. Now, this is going to be a two-part experience that will begin a reunion with the cast discussing how they earn their now iconic roles and what it's like ending an 11 season story because it seemed like such a family you guys know we had Shanola Hampton on and she talked about how it was such a family so it's going to be very interesting to see how they move forward now fans will also be able to virtually explore the Geller Gallagher home and feature a feature that will remain available beyond the finale event oh that's really cool that's very exciting and you guys can go to gallagherhouse.com to see it. Yeah, so. the, the iconic bathroom in every opening scene. That's yeah, right. fantastic. You can go there now. <laughs> yeah, the real question is, will Emmy Rossum return? Will mm. she be a part of the wrap-up special? Right. She she liked it on social media. She commented on it and everything. And I mean, can you do a proper send-off to the Gallaghers without Fiona? I don't think you can. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Hey, this one's exciting too. Tyler Perry is apparently not done with Medea. Uh, he's developing a drama prequel series about the early life of Medea uh, for Showtime. Showtime ordered multiple scripts for the project, which is titled Mabel. And the official description of the project says, Long before she was the force of nature known as Medea, she was a smart, fierce, irresistible, dangerous, crazy, 20-something black woman named Mabel Simmons. When she moved to Atlanta in 1972, she set the city and the world on fire. I'm so excited for this. Especially, I'm very interested to see who they will cast as young Medea. Because, I mean, you know, those are some huge shoes to fill. Tyler Perry going to be watching you the whole time. That's like his baby. Literally. But, I mean... I'm super excited What's, about this. What shoe size does Tyler have? Right. I mean, they are probably like 13s, <laughs> like seriously. But For real. I'm super pumped about this because she is a prime example of a strong, independent black woman. So I'm excited to see more of that character. Definitely. Agreed. 
Agreed, man. Now, heading over to NBC Universal, Paul Dano will join Michelle Williams and Seth Rogen in Steven Spielberg's semi-autobiographical film about his family playing a version of Spielberg's father, Arnold. Oh. Now, it's unclear how much Spielberg's uh, direct biogra- uh, biography will factor into this story, but students of Spielberg's life know how or just how critical his late childhood was in Arizona. So it's going to be very interesting. Now, it first started with making Super 8 movies with his friends, and it's going to be like a whole big thing about his parents and how their marriage began to fall apart and go deep into that. So it's going to be a very interesting story. I'm excited about this one. Me too, and Paul Dano is freaking phenomenal in everything. So to see him play a version of Spielberg's dad is going to be epic. Agreed. You know what else is epic? George Clooney and Julia Roberts, every time those kids get together, huh? Yeah? Okay, well, they're getting together again. Julia Roberts and George Clooney's romantic comedy that we've told you about, Ticket to Paradise, is coming to movie theaters next year, sooner than we thought. The Universal Pictures film, which reunites the Ocean's Eleven co-stars and longtime friends, is set to debut September 30th of next year. And as we told you guys before, the film centers on Clooney and Roberts as two exes who find themselves on a shared mission to stop their love-struck daughter from repeating their mistakes. Yes. Oh. I know. Uh, you can't stop that. No. You can't stop you really that. can't. But Clooney and, and, and Roberts are going to be epic too. They're going to try. I want to know. Hey, we, I don't think we've reported I wonder who the, the daughter's going to be. I know, right? I, I mean, we, I'm trying to picture who could be Clooney and Robert's daughter. Yeah. Like, it's a great question. <laughs> it's a great freaking question. Now, Universal's Fast and Furious 9 has passed China's censorship to receive official approval for release. Now, a specific release date uh, for China has not been set yet for F9, but it's supposed to debut in the U.S. June 25th, so stay tuned for that. We know how China can be picky sometimes, so you know, you gotta get past some some stupid shit. Yeah, and I mean, they weren't, no way they were doing it close to that, because I guess that, that's like the, the communism anniversary yeah. party like thing so they were like nope fucking eh, not doing just it then kidding, just <laughs> kidding. Uh, hey queer as folk the groundbreaking russell t davies series from the 90s you remember that about three club going men in manchester's gay village well it's going to be reimagined because everything is these days by creator stephen dunn uh for the peacock no oh. Okay, all right. The network announced a straight-to-series order of the reboot, which is described as a modern take on the original UK series that will chronicle the lives of a diverse group of friends in NOLA. Ooh, in New Orleans, y'all. That sounds interesting. Whose lives are transformed in the aftermath of a tragedy. Davies is on board to uh, the new project as the executive producer, and Stephen Dunn is attached to write, direct, executive produce, and will also direct the pilot episode. So, at least it's got the original creators. Yeah. I hate when they try to do reboots or remakes and it doesn't even have the original people involved. Yeah. Like, so, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know. You know, I feel like NBC and Paramount and CBS are the definitive reasons we have so many fucking reboots. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I mean, the Peacock, I know we make fun of the name all the time, but the, even their slogan is a double negative. Yeah. You I can't know. not watch. Yeah. Like, what? What do you mean right you can't now? not not watch? Like, uh, what? <sighs> I know. I know. Peacock also announced that a new original comedy series 
Girls 5 Eva will premiere on May 6th. The show follows a one-hit wonder girl group from the 90s, the best decade. Now grown women balancing spouses, jobs, and kids. Now they're reuniting after a young rapper samples their song. Now we've talked about this one before. The yep. series stars Sarah Bareilles, uh, Annie Elise uh, Renee Elise Goldsberry, uh, Paula Pell, and Busy Phillips. So, love Busy. Yeah. Love Busy Phillips. And and Renee's pretty busy. She-Hulk and this one. Yeah. I gotta say, I, I watched the trailer. They dropped the trailer for this, and it was pretty funny. Was it? Yeah, it, it was pretty entertaining. I, I, I'm gonna give it a shot. It just I love Busy and Renee, so we're, I'm gonna give it a shot. But check the trailer out. It was pretty funny. Uh, ooh, jumping to Sony. We actually have Sony news. <laughs> but as always it's with true. Sony, it's about something else. Uh, Sony has emerged the winner of a nearly, I mean Netflix, I'm sorry, Netflix has emerged the winner of a nearly two-year auction for the exclusive U.S. rights to all of Sony Pictures movies to stream theatrical releases in the first pay TV window starting with all of their new movies in 2022. Netflix also has set a first-look agreement with Sony for all of the studio's original movies produced for the direct-to-streaming market. Now, that deal also requires Netflix to commit to a certain number of titles from the studio, but doesn't stop Sony from selling direct-to-streaming titles to other people like Disney Plus or, or Paramount Plus or any of those. In that case, however, Netflix would have to pass on the project for Sony to be able to sell it to another streamer. So basically, it's a first-look deal. Yeah. They get the right to pass on it. Starting with next year's slate, all movies from the various film banners under the uh, Sony, and that includes Columbia Pictures, Sony Pictures Classics, Screen Gems, and TriStar, will stream exclusively on Netflix after their theatrical and home entertainment releases. The prom- This promises to bring to Netflix future installments of the Spider-Man, Venom, and Jumanji franchises, among others. Netflix already has a deal with Sony Pictures for its animated releases. Now, I want to clarify because it says Spider-Man, right? Not the MCU, y'all. The Spider-Man, like in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and all of the Spider-Man movies that are within the Venom world and like all, but not the MCU movie. So don't get excited. They're not showing up on Netflix. They're staying on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, you know that saying. wouldn't happen. No. You know no. that wouldn't happen. <laughs> I'm not sure the Spider-Man movies are on Disney+. Plus. I'm just saying. I, I, I thought Homecoming was, right? I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll I have, have to, to check, check it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, MGM, uh, A House on the Bayou. Now, it's going to be a straight-to-service movie and a new deal between Blumhouse and Epics. Now, it's found its three lead stars, Paula Schreiner, uh, it's from Tales of the Loop, Angela Seifrin, and Jacob Laughlin from Maze Runner. Mm. Now, they will lead the cast on the project, which has already begun production in New Orleans. Additional cast includes Laughlin in a key role, as well as Doug Van Liu, uh, and Lauren Richards from Doom Patrol in supporting roles. Now, the film is set to premiere on Epics in late 2021. So there you go. Stay tuned for that. It's about how many times you get knocked down. It's about how many times you get back up. But apparently he's not getting back up. Not. not in this next one, anyway. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone will not appear in the upcoming Creed 3. Rumors of his absence were swirling for quite a while, but then he responded on Instagram and basically confirmed it. Stallone's rep confirmed he will not take part in the boxing installment, but no additional explanation was offered. Stallone, as you guys recall, did reprise the role of Rocky 
in Creed and Creed 2. Um, and the third one's going to be, you know, uh, Michael B. Jordan's going to be directing that one. Um, and if you guys remember, in Creed, he got an Academy Award nomination for supporting actor for, for playing Rocky again. So um, it's unfortunate, but it made sense because like what we were talking about earlier, they kind of really closed out that storyline in Creed 2. So, I mean, I don't know why he would have been there anyway. Hey, but if you're a Sly fan and a Rocky fan, don't worry. Don't worry. You've got some news. Apparently, Rocky Four just didn't finish the way he wanted it to. Right. And so there's a director's cut. If you guys didn't know, uh-huh. he was the director on Rocky Four. And in my opinion, and I don't know why he said it didn't, it was my favorite of all the Rocky movies. Yeah. You know, if we can do it, you can do it, we all get to win. And he's holding the flag and Russians are bowing to him. It was fucking epic. And that workout shit in the barn and like the snow. I don't know what you didn't like, Sly. But apparently he didn't like it. And so he's redoing it. And um, yeah, he's grateful to go back to it, he said. And the 1985 was a massive success that introduced the world to Dolph Lundgren. Um, but hey, he's going back to it, and we're going to see a different version of yeah. it. I, Everybody's director's cut. I, yeah, right. I definitely started after Zack Snyder. Um, <laughs> I, I really think that he's just making that transition to strictly behind the camera. Yeah, I'm, I I'm okay th- with that. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever be a leading guy again. Just saying, like after after freaking that whole Rambo fiasco that came out like a year or two ago, mm. that was rough. Mm. That was, I'm not gonna lie, that's that's true. That was rough. that was pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, he's a phenomenal writer. I think a lot he of is. people don't realize that you know when uh, when Rocky was nominated for the Oscar and won the Oscar and he wrote it, guys. Yeah. He he's like a phenomenal writer and director and behind the scenes guy. So it makes sense. Exactly, exactly. Well, now heading over to Lionsgate, we keep talking about this Borderlands movie, and I mean it's keeps putting together such an amazing cast. Edgar Ramirez has mm. been cast in a new role of Borderlands. Now it's the big screen adaptation of the popular video game, like I said. He joins the A-list ensemble cast that includes Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jack Black, and now Ramirez will portray a character named Atlas, a business titan and arms manufacturer who becomes or who is considered one of the most powerful people in the universe so oh very interesting. so iron man right wait hold on no i'm just uh, kidding kidding i'm kidding ha ha uh this is another one we're talking a lot about lately lionsgate's tapped benny Safi to star in are you there god it's me margaret remember that's the adaptation of judy bloom's classic novel of the same name uh safety is gonna who i guess we just talked about this too uh signed on to obi-wan kenobi is gonna play margaret's father herb very nice okay yeah. Or is it Herb? Herb, 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 Herb? Okay. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> now heading over to the streaming juggernaut Netflix. They have revealed this week that its 16 Oscars hopefuls enjoyed considerable viewership this past week. Uh, following the March 15th announcement of the Academy Award Makes nominations, uh, David Fincher's Mank, the leader of the Oscar pack with 10 nominations, saw a 702 increase in new viewers wow and the documentary short a love song for latasha a dream-like biogra- uh, biographical piece from sophia Nal allison uh, saw a staggering 1802 percent increase wow in new viewers and george clooney's the midnight sky saw a 45 percent uptick while the animated contender over the moon saw a twenty one percent uptick. Damn. So I mean, shit, they're doing something right. I mean, one thousand eight 
100%. Yeah, that's crazy. That is like people who die. Well, on a short film, too. On a yeah, short film. No, yeah. Netflix is making short films more popular and more relevant. So they really kudos are. to them, man. Yeah. Hey, we're hmm. just saying. Just, just saying. saying. Hmm. Stay tuned. Uh, hey, we now know what Prince Harry and Meghan's first project is going to be with Netflix. Everybody was wondering, right? We, we wanted to know what's it going to be. Well, it's going to be through their Archwell Productions, as you guys know. Um, it's going to be a docu series on the Inviticus Games, the global adaptive sports competition that Prince Harry founded. Um, and it's going to be from Oscar-winning duo director Orlando von Estrell and producer Joanna Natasha Jera. Um, it's going to be called Heart of Inviticus, and will follow a group of international competitors, all service members who experienced life-changing injuries or illnesses on the road due to Inviticus, Inviticus Games, the Hague 2020, though the competition will now take place in 2022. The series is going to document their training and reveal their compelling life stories, as well as follow the game's organizers as they partner with each nation's team to support their athletes. This is cool because anybody who's a fan of Prince Harry and has fouled that, he's, yeah, he founded this and it's hardcore and it's beloved to his heart. And uh, this is good. You know, it's a passion project right out of the gate. So, agreed, man. Agreed. I'm excited to watch it. Now, Bridgerton season two is at Netflix. Is it officially adding four more new cast members? Chathritha, Chandran, Sheely Khan, Kaleem Lynch and Rupert Young will star in Way the, to nail Rupert Young. Uh, yeah, right. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> will all star in the new season of the popular Shondaland series at the streamer. Now, of course, everybody's still freaking talking about it. The Duke himself, Reggie Jean Page, will not be returning for the second season. So they were like, a few days after that news came out, they were like, four new cast members, four new <laughs> cast members. Still watch, still watch. That's right. So yeah, there it is, guys. There it is. I mean, you have to still watch it, Shonda. Yeah. Come on, man. It's going to be epic. Hey, you know what else is epic? We're finally getting it. Production on season five of the Netflix series The Crown is set to start in July. Uh, this season will feature a whole new cast of playing the characters that you saw in season four. Uh, uh, Tenet star Elizabeth Debicki is going to take over as Princess Diana. Dominique West is going to be p- portraying Prince Charles. Imelda Staunton will be the queen. And Leslie Manville will be Princess Margaret. The Crown wrapped season four filming early because of COVID. Yeah. Everything wrapped early because of COVID. Exactly. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Oh, I know a lot of Witchers fans are a little sad about this. Jody Turner-Smith has exited the prequel series, oh. The Witcher Blood Origin, due to a scheduling conflict. Uh, Turner-Smith is set was set to play a warrior named Ellie, and now one of the leads in the six-episode limited series. Now Lawrence O'Furnian is also uh, was recently cast in a lead role, so they're just looking for somebody else to fill those shoes it is what it is man it is what it is happening uh schedules happen man schedules happen this one sounds interesting a documentary series spanning over two decades of footage and home videos of kanye west's life okay all right netflix (laughs) the series is said to include never before seen footage of west and will cover his career in music and fashion his failed 2020 presidential bid and the death of his mother donda west and the 
end of his marriage. I'm guessing. Right. I hope. Well, I hope this will let people in on why he is the way he is. He's a very interesting individual with a lot of thoughts and some mental illness battles. So yeah, he, hopefully, I mean, I mean, not to say I'm a huge Kanye West fan, but I mean, we all have our shit, and he just has a pub or like a public platform. Yeah, so I mean, that's he's got bipolar, is. right? He's yeah, like, he's like he suffers from mental illness, guys, yeah. and like you know, yeah, I'm with you. I hope it, it opens the door on that. Exactly. Exactly. And that car accident that happened way early in his career, so it probably fucked a whole bunch of shit up. Oh yeah. Um. Now heading over to Amazon, Chris Pratt's sci-fi thriller the tomorrow war is debuting on amazon prime this summer yes now the time travel movie directed by chris mckay will land on the streaming platform on july 2nd amazon reportedly shelled out 200 million for the rights of tomorrow war which was developed and produced by skydance media uh, paramount pictures was originally supposed to uh debut or uh, distribute this film but in Tomorrowland, or in the Tomorrow War, the world is stunned when a group of time travelers arrive from the year 2051 to deliver an urgent message 30 years into the future. Oh. Mankind is losing a global war against a, daily, or a deadly alien species. The only hope for survival is for soldiers and civilians from the present to be transported to the future to join the freaking fight. Oh. Now, among the those recruited is a high school teacher named Dan Forrester, who is played by Pratt, who teams up with a brilliant science scientist, uh, Jovin Stralitsky, and his estranged father, who is played by J.K. Simmons, to rewrite the fate of the planet. Okay, J.K. Anything J.K. Simmons is in, I'm in. Right? I, he's phenomenal. I just want to see him slap Chris Pratt. Like, right. You know, you're whiplash so good <laughs> so good so good hey you know who else is pretty good naomi watts oh, she's such a good actress she's set to star in an executive produce the english language remake of the austrian psychological thriller good night mommy hmm. oh set up at amazon of course the streamer will mount the remake with oh, mount the <laughs> remake with indie prestige label animal kingdom what are we talking about here mounting no and idea animals? what's happening oh my gosh good night mommy follows twin brothers who when sent to stay with their mother are surprised to find her swathed in bandages from a recent procedure as her behavior grows increasingly erratic and unusual the twins become convinced she's an imposter hmm. there's Suspicion sets off a roller coaster of emotional mind games and misunderstandings between the mother and her children that eventually explodes with irreparable and heartbreaking consequences. Well, damn. Well, that's a lot happening. That is a lot going on. <laughs> All right, Amazon. We see you. We see you. Now, Jennifer <laughs> Jason Lee has been tapped as a lead in season two of Amazon's Prime conspiracy thriller drama series, Hunters. Yes. Uh, Lee will be. Uh, playing the plum new role as Chava, a top Nazi hunter, alongside of recurring hunters along with Logan Lerman and Jerrica Hinton. Now, there's no word yet on whether fellow Season 1 star and Oscar winner Al Pacino will be coming back for Season 2. <laughs> and uh, the pilot for Season 2, or the uh, plot for Season 2 is being kept under wraps. Everything's under wraps. I wish I could find those damn wraps. Know, we right? would know so much if we could just find those wraps. Because kind of wraps are they are I, they like athletic wraps are they like candy wrappers i, I like, don't know like salad wraps like i mean i, I don't know but they hold a lot of info tortillas apparently. burritos that's right 
<laughs> That's coming to ABC this fall. <laughs> right. um, Tania Miller, JJ Field, Charlotte Riley, Adeline Horan, and Alex Hernandez. Damn, I did pretty well right there. Have been cast in the Amazon series The Peripheral from Westworld creators Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. They join Jack Raynor, who stars in the lead role of Burton, along with fellow cast members Chloe Grace Moritz and Gary Carr. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Now heading over to Apple, apparently Tom Holland's their guy right now. Yeah, right. He's set to star in the Crowded Room, an anthology series from Akiva Goldsman, and has been tapped for an order at Apple. The first season of the series will be based on the biography or biography of the minds of Billy Mulligan. Now by Daniel Keyes that tells the story of Milligan, uh, who is going to be played by Holland, the first person ever acquitted of a crime because of multiple personality disorder. Now, known as a dissociative... Um, Disassociative? Disassociative identity disorder. Now, Apple has ordered uh, 10 episodes of the first season. That's going to be really cool to see Holland pull off you know, bipolar and, and, and you know multiple identities. That's going to be badass. Right. He's so good. All right. A Depero Aduye. A Depero Aduye has been cast in the upcoming Apple series Five Days at Memorial. Oduye joins previously announced cast members Vera Farmiga. The series is based on the Sherry Fink novel of the same name, and it chronicles the first five days in New Orleans after Katrina. Um, when the floodwaters rose, the power failed, and the heat climbed. Exhausted caregivers were forced to make life-and-death decisions that haunted them for years to come. Mm. As we told you guys before, Farmiga will star in the role of Dr. Anna Powell, Oduye will star as Karen Wynn, the nurse manager of the intensive care unit at the hospital and the head of the hospital's ethics committee. Cornelia Smith Jr. has also been added to the cast. Smith will play Dr. Bryant King, an internist and one of the few doctors of color at the hospital who finds himself very much in the middle of the crisis. Farmiga is going to play. Oh, okay. Oduye, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So there you go. That's going to – I am interested to kind of see how that – plays out yeah I agreed mean, i mean especially like i remember when all that stuff was going down yeah and like watching the news about it and stuff so it's gonna be very interesting to see i love when there's projects that come out about real life events yep um now the next emma or apple drama series that Essex Serpent Ooh. has added four actors to its cast. Frank Delane, Haley Squirrel, and Commence uh, Polizzi and Jamel Westman will all join the cast. Now it's led by Claire Danes and Tom Hiddleston in the show, which is an adaptation of Sarah Perry's novel of the same name. Now, the one-hour drama series <laughs> follows newly widowed Cora, uh, who's played by Dane, who is have, who having been released uh, from an abusive marriage, relocates to Victorian London uh, to a small village of basically Edwinter in Essex. Intrigued by the local uh, superstition that a mythical creature known as the Essex Serpent has recently returned to the area. Now, Hiddleston will star as Will Ransom, a trusted leader of the small rural community. Fun stuff. That sounds interesting. Yeah, right? <laughs> A lot of stuff happening. But it's Hiddleston. It's Loki. So, you know, I love Hiddleston. Get, get, give me some Hiddleston. It's going to be good. It's yeah, going to be sure. good. Well, now, it is time for our guest segment, man. We're super excited about 
about it. Noah Weisberg for coming on the show. He's freaking great, man. Like, so humble. This guy is just, like, one of the oh, most humble people we've ever interviewed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the way that he talks about his fellow castmates, and he's not just an actor, guys. He's a writer, producer, a director, a creator, and his story is just really inspiring. And, I, I mean, he passes along some really good advice at the end that you should really listen to because it is how you will make it. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, the up-and-comers are going to love this one. Well, here he is. Noah Weisberg, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you, man? Hey, good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, man. Thank you kindly for joining us. You see what I did there? Oh, uh, oh, that's uh, adorable. That's an adorable <laughs> way to start the program. <laughs> no problem. We do our own work. We do it, and we'll be talking about thank you kindly, no doubt. And, of course, Zoe's. Man, we just love you guys. We've had the honor of interviewing a bunch of y'all, and we just we can't get enough of you guys. The listeners can't get enough of you guys, so we're super pumped to talk to you, man. Thanks. And let me just – I'm sure we'll get into it, but the best part about that show is working with those people. They are, and I'm not just saying it, the nicest, or among, because I've worked with a lot of nice people, but they're maybe the nicest people I've worked with. Oh, yeah. From the first first episode, just so kind, supportive. It's, it is a great any place as an actor usually we're just happy to have a job but it is a great place to work <laughs> well that's good to hear we would agree wholeheartedly with all of the ones that we've talked to we feel the same way and we know you're going to be just as nice and epic no it's going to be fantastic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. No. so what we like to do to start off the interviews though is kind of give you a, uh, give an introduction to the fans or listeners who might not be familiar with your background and everything and so we got to ask was it something you always saw yourself doing from a young age, or how did you kind of fall into the acting, or how'd you get started, man? Yeah, so uh, I, since I was a little kid, I did theater stuff. Like I started around eight or nine. Uh, before that, and even while I was doing uh, acting stuff as a kid, just like in my children's theater around you know my town. <clears throat> um, I'm from the Chicago area. Okay. Um, I was still playing sports because that's just kind of like what kids do, uh, a lot of us. And I just knew I always, I hated it. Even though people told me I was good, I just never felt like I was there and want, where I want, where I should be or something. Right. And my mom one summer was like, you know, there's this, um, this children's theater summer camp. I was like, wait, what? You can do like theater? And she's like, yeah. I was like, I don't have to like be outside exploring the woods and then playing soccer for three hours. Like, it's <laughs> miserable. Um, and so I did that and that kind of helped change everything. There's this guy, Dr. Denhart, who's still around, of course, thankfully, uh, who ran this program all these years and uh, in my hometown of Northbrook, Illinois. And his goal was never to make like movie stars or anything. It was just to build confidence and teamwork skills. But a lot of us developed this huge love of theater and it changed our lives. Nice. That's really fantastic. Did you find a sense of community as well? I always hear about all the stage actors, and when they find a good ensemble cast, it becomes more like a family. Was it like that for you? Yeah. You know, even as a kid, uh, it was like that. And I remember the first show I did one of the first shows babes in toyland i i had never experienced this before the sh- we you rehearse for weeks and weeks uh and then you do like three performances right <laughs> yeah right yeah and all of a sudden the show was over and i'd never felt a sadness about a thing being over because as a kid you're like oh i gotta go to my you know relative's house and that's gonna be boring or whatever it is there was always things you couldn't wait for it to be done right um and this was like oh i'm gonna miss this thing and this group of people will never be the same group of people will never be together ever again doing the same thing 
That's it. it was like a, which is the beauty of theater is that that's why it's great to go because it's live and the, even the audience that 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 group of people will never be in that room again watching that show. So uh, yes, and that is a huge part of what theater people love about theater. Yeah, absolutely, and and that was obviously a great transition because that that's what we always want to know too. Like like how do you? I mean, there's no better exhilaration than feeding off of a live audience, right? That instant gratification or sometimes not gratification of knowing whether you're <laughs> soaring or not soaring immediately right yeah <laughs> there's that that is the high of theater because it is it's a battle between when you're doing a broadway show or a broadway tour or something you're doing the show for a year let's say and a lot of people have done longer runs than that there's the battle between uh, knowing how just fortunate lucky blessed all the hashtags you can come up with that we are to have this job and do what we get to do and get paid for it and yet there's part of you that's like oh my gosh if i have to put this costume on and do it again i I, i'm gonna kill my i can't do it (laughs) and you and you're like mad at yourself you're like why would i because physically it's still a job and you have to you you don't want to do a half half half-ass job you want to be full out every night because someone paid a lot of money for those tickets um so there's always that battle but but uh, you, you, you even sometimes on TV, like with Zoe's get that. I, you get that sort of sense of getting to perform it for people and getting a reaction because the crew and the actors and the directors they've picked and, and our creator of our show, Austin Winsberg are so supportive that there are times where they just have to hold, hold, um, you, you say something in the script and then they're like, Oh, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh till we don't ruin the take. So it feels almost like you have an audience. Right. No one's holding back. Everyone's coming over to each other going like, oh, my God, you sounded so good. Or that was really what a funny improv. I hope they keep it in the show. It is. I keep going on about it, but it is it's a different experience than I've had. It is super, super supportive. Oh, that's uh, so that's awesome to hear because I mean, like we said before, like everybody just seems so freaking nice on that show. Um, let's talk about yeah. the transition a little bit, going in front of the camera rather than on stage. Was it kind of weird for you because you felt like maybe because you're used to performing for the back row. Now, when you're in front of the camera, you got to contain it a little bit. Was that transition hard for you, or how was that? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I have two views of this. One is acting is acting. Right. So if you whatever your technique is um i learned mine from i mean obviously growing up with my high school directors and the community guy i mentioned but the the sort of like deep down acting technique came from my teachers in college and um at, at nyu and acting is acting so if you can find the truth yeah you might physically be bigger your vocals might be you know louder or something it's going to be the same on tv but there's definitely just a physicality that has to be smaller because the camera's right there right and it could just be an eyebrow raise or or almost nothing you could just almost kind of do nothing uh and i do remember one of my first tv shows a long time ago um i don't remember the name of it but i had like three lines on it and um uh love monkey so, yeah i think it was called love monkey there you go and <laughs> And um, I remember probably being too big and I forget the director said something and all of a sudden I it, like changed the performance and it's the take they used. And that kind of reminded me always how small you can be. Mm. And yet also in real life, people are big. Like if you, so if you propose to somebody or you get broken up with or someone dies, you don't have a small reaction in real right. life. So I think sometimes, sometimes we can fall into the trap of being boring because we're trying to do so little. It's exactly. like, we don't have to do little. We just have to be truthful because some moments are, are huge in life 
Well, I, I find that you deliver that in a lot of your performances, that you are genuine. You are delivering something that's real, that people can relate to. I think the entire cast is always does that really well, which is why I think it connects so well with the audiences and everything. Um, I got to tell I think the first time, I'm pretty sure the first time I ever saw you, Noah, was on The Good Wife. Um, I was a huge yeah. fan of that show. And uh, yeah, I, uh, the first time I saw you pop up on Zoe's, I'm like, I know that guy. Where have I seen that guy? I'm pre- and, uh, then I was like binge watching Good Wife again. And I'm like, there he is. Okay, there he is. Yeah, now I know. So um, yeah. But yeah, so I think Zoe's though is kind of like the, this cool kind of a thing though where you can – I guess it's kind of like a, a, a mix of being on stage and on television, right? Because you get to do these over-the-top musical numbers and you get to do all this choreography and dancing and singing and everything. So it's kind of like a, a mix, right? It is a perfect hybrid of that because everyone always insists – I mean the creative team is like we got to be real. Right. It can't be cheesy or it won't work. And yet we're singing and dancing which lends itself to at least people thinking thinking it's cheesy right but i think the reason the show works and i take zero credit for it is because the writing is really good and again austin the creator of the show a lot of it is based on his experience in his life yeah and so he's writing real stuff and then he's got a team of writers that help him write all the episodes and so anyway the writing's good the 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 handful of directors i've gotten to work with there are really good and they don't let you get away with being anything but real and then um the actors are just really skilled and we have a great combination of tv veterans and also broadway people so um i listen i don't i don't believe in trickle down economics Um, okay all right the weird transition but i do believe in trickle down (laughs) kindness yes yeah absolutely Absolutely. and so when you've when you've got austin leading our ship and you've got jane really on a day-to-day basis our lead who plays zoe Mm -hmm. leading us that sets the tone and so everyone's just kind i know i've said it like 19 so the whole interview is going to be like they're really kind (laughs) but it just makes going to work a thousand times better. Oh, I can only imagine. And plus, a lot of scenes that you got to play off of in the first season, we're huge fans of Gilmore Girls, so of course we have to bring her up. Lauren Graham, she is just absolutely amazing and quick-witted, and I feel like you're a pretty quick-witted guy. So how was it like the going back and forth with her in some of those scenes, being the superior when you know she's like this awesome acting veteran <laughs> and where you could learn so much from her? Talk as fast as you can. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> It's perfectly said because she's a she's a legend and I was nervous around her in the beginning and that lasted about 19 seconds because (laughs) she's so again it keeps saying but she's so kind and so nice and just a normal human being and uh the last episode I did of last season was the last episode of last of season one and so Mm -hmm. I was like gosh you guys have been here for six months what's it gonna feel like and she was talking about her future and a puppy and I I was like you're just just like a normal person yeah it's just down to earth and then I've I've started to watch um what Mighty Ducks oh yes Uh, yeah and she's great on that I'm like just got through the just watched the first episode and I can't wait to binge more of it she's just great in everything she does again and so subtly funny Oh, you don't yes. see her. See How the her woman doing the does bit. not have an Emmy yet is beyond us. Agreed. I mean, uh, it's, she doesn't. It's, no, can you even believe that? I'll, I'll take care of that. <laughs> there <laughs> yeah, you go. We're gonna start a campaign. That's right. Hey, I want you to know too that uh, as often as you say kind about all of them, they speak the same way about all of you. Um, we've had the mm-hmm. honor of interviewing Austin and Mandy 
and they cannot say enough how blessed they are to have the cast that they have and how wonderful you all are. So that sentiment goes both ways. Mandy, we, I, I talked to Mandy this morning uh, and messaged her back and she was thrilled that you were coming on and, and said those exact things. He's so amazing and so kind and we're blessed to have these people every day. So the sentiment goes both ways, man. Thanks. Well, uh, it, yeah, it's kind of like a big love fest over there. And, and <laughs> it really is. And Mandy, who I hadn't gotten to yet, is, I mean, talk about a legend because I, I don't know enough about the choreography world, mm-hmm. but I don't know there are many choreographers in the world that normal folks know their name and know their work. Right. Because, you know, usually people that are into dance might know a certain dance company or a choreographer that did a certain, but like we all know her stuff. That's and it. even even with that, and she's one of our, our producers, um, and she is just so kind and generous and patient and makes everyone feel like a dancer no matter what level they're coming in at. And she also choreographs to make everyone look good, uh, uh, which okay. is a big thing. Well, I told her I was going to ask it. I'm going to ask because we want to know, dude – the the drug scene and the drug dance. <laughs> well, how do you even go about and, and approach that? Going, okay, Mandy, what? Are, how are we pulling off this high dance? Because I've got to tell you that episode and those scenes when you from the start when you peek the head in to the end when you guys are eating the popsicles are just it just absolutely slayed me. But that dance scene is incredible, man. How did you guys like approach that? She, I mean, that's really all her. She just nailed the choreography. Uh, it was, and she just sort of set the tone that like, this is a light, you know, you're just having this beautiful trip and you don't have to act crazy (laughs) or do anything crazy. And I'm not a drug guy, so I didn't really have much to draw on. So I really took her, her guidance on that. And, uh, and also, also, by the way, we have an, we have an amazing, uh, cam guy because a lot of our shots for our musical numbers on the show are what they call oneers they're one yeah. shots yep so the whole thing so also a lot of pressure i'm like oh my god don't mess up this dance because <laughs> i'll ruin it for 30 other people right um but a lot of that creativity of how the how it's even shot is mandy and then she has an amazing partner in our cameraman who can accomplish it uh, uh, but i didn't know that that a choreographer is also basically a camera person yeah yeah that's really fantastic and i mean speaking of like season two there was so many protocols to go into starting to film in vancouver and everything how was that like was everything like you know you felt comfortable on set or was it like something new obviously but how was it like getting to vancouver quarantining for two weeks and then going to set yeah um i i was nervous we were all nervous uh to begin with yeah and the, the quarantine process is kind of weird you just they they put us up really nicely so it's not like we're in a bad place mm-hmm. but you know you still just mentally you're like i can't leave right even though i was like i haven't <laughs> i haven't left my house in nine months what do i care it's the exactly. same thing but now i knew i couldn't leave yeah. i couldn't even walk outside and in canada they're very strict about it which i really appreciate yeah there's like huge was, fines if you actually like walk out right if you're caught out up to a million dollars yeah. yeah that's so insane damn yeah, and I don't have up to a million dollars. <laughs> like, listen. <laughs> so the joke would be on them. Yeah, but right. um, yeah, so I loved that the government took it seriously, and so did our set. I actually felt once we were there, I felt safer than I would anywhere else because we were in this little bubble. It looked they had tents set up outside with you know all these nurses and a doctor and uh, health and safety people wearing vests, always handing out fresh masks. We got tested every other day, and uh, yeah. I, I, we all felt 
really lucky that we were in this little bubble. It was more risky, I thought, flying home or flying there than when I was there. We felt very taken care of. In fact, if we weren't called to set that day, they would send a nurse to our apartments to test us. So it was really strict and took our temperature every day. Um, it, I, I, yeah, I, I, I was like, I'm going to miss this. I want someone to come to my house every day and (laughs) and take my temperature. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, listen, okay. So we've talked about the acting, right? And how you got started and all that kind of stuff. But we, I really want to talk to, because we have a lot of listeners uh, and fans of the show that are trying to break into the industry and you are beyond an actor. You're also a creator. You, you write, direct, produce, um, so let's talk about Thank You Kindly, which you yeah. wrote, directed, and produced, and starred in. Yeah. Um, talk about that process. Uh, how do you – did you make the transition you know, to behind the camera and, and doing that type work? Do you like that? Do you see yourself doing more of that or do you prefer yourself in front of the camera? Talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think I would love to be able to do a bit of all of it. Mm-hmm. And, there are, and almost like a, a, being a theater actor versus a TV or a movie actor, it's kind of fun to do a show for a year uh, on Broadway or something and go, I, I can't put the costume on again. I'm, I can't do it. And then get to go do a TV show where every day you're learning new lines and new scenes. So the same with creating stuff versus just being in front of the camera. Ultimately, if I had to choose, I don't know. I think there's some something even on a different level about creating it yourself, even if you're not in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, really special because it's also so collaborative. Uh, so thank you kindly that, that you're talking about is um, a film I made that stars Kamiko Glenn and she lets me act with her. Uh, that's how good she is. And she was like, yeah, you, you could say some lines. Um, cause she is so good in it and talk about experienced. You know, she's just on every show. Like every time I look on Instagram, I'm like, and she's filming another thing. Yes. So um, most people know her probably from Orange is the New Black or Broadway people know her from uh, Waitress. Yep. But, and, and she's quite the voice actor too, right? Because she's done, a, I mean, Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse and DuckTales and like a bunch of huge BoJack Horseman. I mean, she she's like all over the place. Huge, huge. Yeah. And her, her singing is amazing and she gets to sing in the film. I know, the, in the um, trailer. The trailer's fantastic. Oh, that's right. Oh, good, good. Uh, thanks. Uh, so <laughs> it, the I a lot of us shoot stuff because we all have an iPhone or a camera or something that we can make, you know, anyone can make something, um, which is great. And then it actually started around like 2011. I had come out to LA and I was getting no auditions because while I had been working really nicely, steadily in New York, everyone in LA was like, who? Oh, oh you were on Broadway? Oh, that's cute. Um, <laughs> So I was like, ah, oh, screw this. I'm just going to, you know, it'll pick up. But, and it thankfully it did, but I'm going to start making my own stuff. So I wrote uh, a, a short, well, really it was a pilot um, based on something that my buddy uh, Richie back in New York and I had worked on, which is a zombie comedy mm, okay. called, called What's Life Got to Do With It? And so we wrote this, I wrote this pilot and, and took the savings I had from making a little money in New York, flew Richie out, we shot it and hired like real camera people, a real crew to actually shoot a real thing. There you go. Um, and so instead of just like on the iPhone or something, and that did really well and won the Vail Film Festival and won acting awards and filmmaking awards and director award, all this nice stuff. So I was encouraged. Then the acting stuff picked up because writing also is like great, but also sucks to like lock yourself in a room and try to come up with something out of nowhere. So when acting stuff was going well, I was like, yeah, all right, I'll do this. <laughs> and and then again, I was like, oh, I've made more money. I can afford to make another movie. So I wrote Thank You Kindly, which is, 
you know, about these two people that have this encounter that changes their lives um, and hired a great casting director who found us, Kamiko, and then spent a couple of days shooting it. Right. And it like takes place all in like this hotel, right? You're basically at this hotel. Yeah. So, oh, and that's another like for people that are wanting to shoot stuff. So my buddy Cam Fife has helped produce the things that I've made because he actually knows how to and I don't. <laughs> um, so and that's there's like such a that's what I'm talking about the collaborative thing. I would hand him the script and he'd be like, that seems terrible. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I would never a person wouldn't say that. Um, but one of the great things that Cam can do is make a budget, which I have no idea how to do. So I'll send him the script and I'll go, okay, you need this many cameras, you need this many crew people, you need all these things. You could get away without having this particular like a scripty, a script supervisor supervisor. I was like, no, I need one. I've seen what they do on set and they're really important and let's let's spend some money on that. Yes. Um, but one of the great things he did was I had a scene at a diner where Kamiko and myself, who are getting to know each other in the scene, go to a diner. And he was like, that means we have to move the whole company. We have to move and set up all the lighting, all that stuff. We have to rent a diner. Yep. It's gonna it's gonna just add so much money. And so I was like, oh yeah, what if because it's at this motel, I was like, what if they just share a candy bar behind the hotel? Which actually made it kind of more romantic, more charming, and saved me a ton of money. <laughs> oh yeah, hey, there we go. So I guess you can kind of like write your dream version of whatever it is you're shooting and then have someone who knows better say, No, you gotta be realistic. Like we can save you thousands of dollars by just changing the location and the scene's still the same and maybe even ends up being better. That's fantastic. And what I really love about this whole conversation is basically you go wherever the wind blows like if you're swayed in one direction you're like all right i gotta do this that's fine cool we did this for a little bit now i'm gonna do this all right fine cool so i mean that's really encouraging for the up-and-comers who are trying to break into the industry and kind of have that like you know tunnel vision like this is the only way that i can do this well it's not you have so many resources everybody can shoot a film right now on their phone so it's really (laughs) encouraging to hear someone like yourself tell the up-and-comers, hey, there's so many different ways you can do this. Yeah, you know, there's another, one of my best friends is this big Broadway producer uh, named Ken Davenport, and somebody you guys should interview, actually. He's just a wealth of knowledge. We'll um, have to look into that. Thank yes, you. <laughs> yeah, look, look him up. Look him up. I love him, like, propping up all my friends. Cam Fife's going to be on the show. Ken Davenport. Hey, that's so, fine. Yeah, man, we're yeah. all about that, bro. We're all about building that network. It's all good. Well, and, and I think Ken's idea, and he's so successful, and so creative is that you say yes to everything as long as it's safe you know right say yes say yes to this little film little student thing oh what am i going to get out of it well that person who's directing it who's graduating from nyu three years later is now an intern at a talent agency and whatever you don't know exactly and it just builds experience and and resume and um and the same goes to saying yes to yourself just make something write something so he's always saying i don't even care if it's always the best i want to know that like every week this person wow every week at 7 p.m on tuesday nights they put out a two-minute short film and they and by the end of the year they have 50 something short films that they've made and maybe 12 of them are great but just always produce and do stuff and be creative and say yes to opportunities love that absolutely love that and since you do do that and you've been all over the map uh, like logan said you know you've done just about everything and had all these experiences everything one of the uh things that we're asking our guests uh lately is because we're always interested do you have a particular embarrassing moment on set uh or on stage that you that was just like 
you know, captured and was like, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. Uh, do you have it? I, you, come on. You've got to have one, right? Well, I've got like 46. <laughs> but, uh, well, tell us one, Noah. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. So this one comes to mind. So Legally Blonde was my first Broadway show. And um, I normally on most nights played Aaron Schultz, the sort of jerky Harvard student, and other nights understudied Emmett, the sweet guy that... Um, that she falls in love with. Right. Anyway, so I'm singing my only, oh yeah, like one of my only little solo moments in the show. And I look over and there's like this big, you know, 17 piece orchestra playing. And I look over to one of our fellow actors who has a piece of feather boa just on his lip from like another number that the, that the women did in the show. And he has no idea. He's looking at me really smug, just acting up a storm. And it's blowing in the air conditioning wind. <laughs> Like a tiny, tiny mustache. So, and this all takes place in a split second, and I just lose all my lyrics. Oh, no. Like completely blank. And so I then start improvising spoken lyrics that kind of represent the same meaning of what the... <laughs> because I look... First, I look to the... And somewhere, there's a bootleg audio recording. Oh. And I would love to get a hold of it because it was probably a little early 2007 that people had cell phones or that kind of thing that would do, you know, great camera work. Right. But uh, someone has an audio recording. And there's a moment where first I'm kind of just like mumbling to myself for a second, panicking. And I look to our amazing um, uh, conductor, James Sampliner, and he looks at, like, are we going to vamp and then go back and start over? And he looks at me like, mm -mm, I got 17 people <laughs> down <Shit>. here. <laughs> You're on your own, buddy. <laughs> Uh, and when he looks at you like that, you know you're in trouble because he's the most supportive guy ever. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's easier for me, one person, to fix it than 17 musicians. So then I just start saying, oh, because the whole scene is we're bragging to Elle Woods all of our accomplishments. Right. And then when it comes to her turn, she's like, I did shop for a cause or whatever. Right. Um, so I just start looking at the people saying, I I've got a lot to be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to be proud of? And the music ends, but um bump. And so I was like, I think not. <laughs> and the whole time, Christian Borrell, who's playing Emmett, is just beat red, trying not to laugh, but also giving me this look of just pure thrill. Because when you've done the show a hundred times, something going wrong is a thrill. Yeah. Right. We're professional and you don't want it to go wrong, but when it does, you're like, oh, how's this gonna how's this gonna end <laughs> right. for you? A little adrenaline rush. So yeah. Yeah, and I think they someone made me a, a pin. Somebody at the stage door made me like a little button or a pin I could put on my jacket that said, I think not. Oh, uh, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's what a such great a, story. Yeah, I love that, man. That's so good. And something else that we're asking everybody who comes on, uh, most recently since we've basically had to been shut down the past year, what yeah. movies or television have you been watching and or streaming? Well, um, I don't watch as much TV as everyone else seems to. <laughs> yeah, I'm I understand. A, I, I'm a big news guy, so that's part of what I love to do is watch news to kind of, kind of keep up on all the craziness that's happening. Mm. I like to, I like to watch HGTV, watch some renovation shows. There you go. Um, but I have I loved Sex Education early on in yeah. the pandemic. I loved Ted Lasso; mm. just made my heart so happy. Um, those have been my 
favorites so far. I'm probably forgetting something, but those two stand out as I just loved them. Yeah. Loved them. I'm glad Jason Sudeikis is getting like the recognition he deserves because he's so freaking funny and another just genuinely really nice guy, at least from what I've heard. Um, he but- seems, yeah, he does, and he breaks your heart too. All those guys, Steve Carell, all those greatest comedians, also are, are actually beautiful actors who break your heart in the next scene after exactly. they've been laughed all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And as you mentioned before, and, and, and smart man that you are, uh, Lauren Graham's Mighty Ducks. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh, right, and Mighty Ducks. That's right. But I'm yeah. not even kidding about that. Yeah, we just, my girlfriend and I just started it, and we're already like, this is so charming. We love this. Isn't yeah. she just basically like Lorelei on skates? I mean, it's fantastic. It, it, she's just <laughs> yeah. amazing. I mean. They were going to call it Lorelei on skates. And there was a, <laughs> and like, I know, damn. <laughs> right yeah, Amy Sherman Palladino's like, I don't think so. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get the fuck. Out of here. Oh my yeah. goodness, man! All right, so so clue us in uh, if you can. Uh, yeah. Are we going to see more of uh, Danny? And and what direct? I mean, he did invest in the restaurant. He's got some stuff. He's got some steaks in there now. So, uh, like, are we going to see more of you? What's coming up, man? Yeah. So the the you know without spoiling anything, uh, the good news is I'm around. I've I've shot more episodes, so I'll, I've got more to do in this season. Fantastic. And um, and just as an actor, I'm happy. I'm like, great. I'm I'm the sole investor in um, Maximo, and I still run the company. So um, and because of that episode that you were referring to, which I think is episode five, season two, <clears throat> I start to have more of a little personal connection with with Zoe and some of the other employees because we had that moment yes. uh, with the popsicles and all that. So <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm I'm now you know a little more part of the group, and I'm. I don't think I'm going anywhere, which is great. And of course, we're all hoping, uh, fingers crossed, for a season three. We'll see where that. Hey, man, takes. we're doing everything we can. We vote on all those things. We try to get all y'all on here to talk about it and promote it. We just we love you guys, man. So we're pulling for that as well. Thanks, thanks. Hey, Us too. Of was course. it hard yeah. to keep a, a straight face when when Jane is like literally slithering across the table for your popsicle? <laughs> like, just, oh, uh, I don't know how you guys keep a straight face sometimes, man. We don't always. Yeah. We don't always. <laughs> and um, Jane, that scene was actually kind of a masterclass for me watching her because it was super funny. And that was not that's not how it was originally said that she was supposed to do that. That okay. was just an impulse she had. She is the queen of following her impulses, which is what every actor, acting teacher tells us to do. She is the best that I've ever seen at it. Just every physical uh, impulse, the way she says her lines, no one else in the world would say them that way. And um, she's so prepared uh, in her special way that she prepares that then she has such freedom when she's on set does that make sense yes absolutely absolutely even and because she's been a lead in other shows and she's so confident in what she does and experienced she's able to sort of in a very kind polite way take charge and be like i'm gonna crawl across the table and the director (laughs) you know what i mean like i don't know that i would suddenly crawl because who am i right and um they'd be like noah please leave our set uh, <laughs> Somebody call security. She, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so she did it. And also in that same scene, she had to get emotional. Right, exactly. I, I, I watched her just sort of take ownership of that moment, like do it and then kind of be like, 
no, I'm not feeling it. She didn't apologize. She said, oh, let me do another one. She did, we, she knew we were still rolling and just kind of went into another take. And I was like, oh, yeah, you can own it. It's your coverage. It's your moment. And there was a scene, I forget which episode this season we were shooting. I was, you know, I was like a little down on myself in the moment because I wasn't getting it how I wanted it to be. And she said to me, she said, take your time. This is your coverage. This is you. Oh, First of all, it's already great, but which is nice of her to say. I don't know that it was. <laughs> so just take your time. They'll, they're rolling for you. We're here for you. Who said what? What? Who says that? But also, what an education, right? We all work so hard to get these jobs, and we finally get it. And you're like, oh, I don't want to take up too much time on set. And yeah, we don't want to be jerks about it, but it's our this. The show wants us to be good, so they they're happy if you take an extra take or two. Love that, and it goes back to what we were saying at the top of the show: family. You guys are like literally a family and so supportive of each other and so kind. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's fantastic, man. Yeah. So freaking good. So freaking good. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for coming on and getting a little crazy with us and talking about Zoe's. Like we said, we love the show. We're pulling for a season three. We vote on all the things. But before we let you go, like we've said yeah. multiple times on the interview, um, this is about the up-and-comers trying to break into the entertainment industry. So what advice would you give to the up-and-comers trying to break into the industry? And what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid? All right. this right. I'm going to ramble for a minute because I don't it's know where good. this is going to go. But it's all good. Let me s- see what comes to my head let me talk to actors this is your moment so, great so <laughs> this is it um so actors i would say and some of this a lot of people know but this is just stuff that's been passed down to me and i like to pass it on to other people um auditioning i think some people don't always have the greatest relationship with auditioning it's nerve-wracking and especially now i mean it's weird with zoom and mm, auditioning mm-hmm you know, in your living room. Uh, But I think it's, we love to perform. That's why we got into this business in the first place or crippling insecurities and we need approval. One of those two. (laughs) Um, And so I think of auditioning as a performance. I I do what I, I try to do what I just credited Jane with doing, which is prepare, 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 and then screw it. It's, It's just come in and do whatever the heck feels right you know, within the world that I've prepared. Cause I, I, the only thing that makes it an audition are really the people behind the table watching us. That's their job. They have to cast it and get it ready to shoot in a week or whatever it is. Me, I could just come in and perform. I, I can't control the audition part of it. So um, I really just encourage people to remember that it's a performance and you've prepared it and how fun to do that. I also encourage people to think, you know how you are with your best friend, you're eating pizza at two in the morning, sleeping over, watching TV, you have that stupid voice you guys always do with each other, a little bit, whatever. Like if you can bring that freedom in, then because so many times I think, and I still do it once in a while where I'll leave an audition and go, that's how I should have played it. Mm. Oh. And, and and actually, I saw somebody post and a very knowledgeable person said, you know, hey, just a reminder, when you're doing self-tapes, you know, better not to have props or this or that or distracting things. And I get it. I'm sure that's right most of the times. But at the same time, I'm like, do whatever the heck you want because the most right people for the role don't even get it 99% of the time because only one person can get it. That's There's right. a buddy of mine who who's in his 40s, has a mustache, is Italian, sings opera and is an actor in los angeles they had an odd like a tv actor but also broadway and opera they had an audition for a 40 something italian guy who can sing opera but also is a trained tv actor he didn't get it (laughs) 
so you can't take it personally, but at the same time, you might as well do whatever you think is funny. Like, darn it, I think it's funny. Like for the for the audition for this show, for Zoe's, there was a whole scene about a carrot and that I grow carrots on the roof. And of course, yeah, you're not supposed to have props and auditions, but I was like, screw it. I think it's, I would laugh at this. So yeah. I went down to the grocery store. There's this natural grocery store near my apartment in New York and they had carrots that were like a, like the size of like a, like a, a Toyota Corolla. I mean, they were very big. <laughs> You know, not like a Camry, but like a Corolla, like really yeah, large. Yeah. And so I was like, I would laugh if I saw this tape. Maybe I'm wrong to play Danny Michael Davis. I don't know what they're going to think. But in the middle of the scene, when I mentioned the carrot, I had it out of frame. I just kind of pulled it up and started chewing on it for the rest of the scene. And I think they were like, who the heck is this guy? That's great. Like, we need that creativity. And it happened to work out that time. But I just don't like those rules of, oh, no props. Don't, you know, don't screw that. Yeah. Do what you think is funny because that's why your friends love you. That's the, the individual stuff that makes you who you are. And everyone always says, oh, there's only one you. Well, then be it. Um, I love taking those risks. And then for everyone else, I would just say be kind to everybody. I know this whole thing's been about kindness. But now that I've been acting long enough, a lot of my friends now are directors. And like my friend Ken is a big producer. Yep. And these people that I've known for years are auditioned for a million years ago and now we're like close friends they want to work with nice people and reputations get spread and you want to be the one that's like god that guy's so kind or professional or on time or off book you know yes uh even more than talent and because everyone who's in this business is pretty talented in one way or another so you might as well be the nice person too yep absolutely well sir you are a kind person a nice person mm. genuine and we can't thank you enough for coming on the show and talking to us um, thank you absolute gem absolute pleasure to talk to you and open invite anytime you want to come back and talk about anything uh we would greatly appreciate it and you are more than welcome sir definitely great i will just quickly update you on my schedule um it's still a pandemic and i'm free every day so okay you just press stop <laughs> and then start recording again unless you do it all over again. Absolutely. hey man we have top five segments we talk industry news i mean we'll get you on we'll talk about all kinds of stuff buddy great great <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, thanks, thanks so much. Me. Oh, absolutely. And take care and uh, just our best wishes for the show and everybody for continued success, man. Thanks. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep. Bye-bye now. Bye, guys. So good, man. So good. I always love when they're so humble and so willing to say, hey, it's these people who make the show great. Not even trying to give credit to himself. It's these people who make the show great. Yeah, humble. I, I'm glad you said that because that's the, the entire interview. That's what I was thinking. He is so genuine and so humble about what he does, realizing he's just as good yeah. and ju bringing it just like everybody else, but humble. And um, yeah, at the end when he said, People want to work with kind people. So just be a good person, guys. If you're trying to get into this industry, just be a good person. Exactly. It's going to get you a long way. It's really not hard. It's really not. It's not. <laughs> Thank you again, Noah, for coming on the show. All right. Now it is time for the Def 5 segment. Oh, man. It's guilty pleasures <laughs> this week. It's very freaking interesting. It, hmm. and I mean, we like we had to clarify. We we're like, what do you mean guilty yeah. pleasures? Yeah. Do you mean TV shows? movies or just everything he said everything he did but you know we're we're just kind of trying to put it in a box and let's just go tv and movies so <laughs> keep it in the box you don't want to know the guilty pleasures no, outside of the box no. nobody needs to know that no <laughs> it's fine it's fine I mean, damn you jason oh damn my you. goodness uh, um 
I mean, I guess I could have put a guilty pleasure showering with Quibi. I mean, but you know, Quibi's gone now. I feel you're you're so. I mean, I you're I you're could've. awful. I'm just saying. Yeah, who are you? Who are you? You cheat. You're a cheater. <laughs> you shower with Quibi, but I you know. say you love IMDb I mean, Pro. You're there. You're supposed to be showering with IMDb Pro, and there you are, caught with Quibi. I know. I gotta throw HBO Max in a little cheater. bit too. He's oh, a cheater. God, he's cheater. Sexy. <laughs> Well, anyway, guys. He's just a jiggle is what it is. Apparently, he's a, he's a shower whore. Oh, my goodness. J-Lo Fantastic. Shower, shower whore. Shower whore. That's a shirt. <laughs> well. Where is this going? Back to the guilty no pleasure. No idea. No idea. My number five for guilty pleasures, <laughs> film or television, is Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, this movie did not age well. It's honestly really freaking bad but i love it because it's just one of those where you're Do you like, shower with it <laughs> i mean every once in a while but like it i mean arnold schwarzenegger was just such a big iconic actor back in the 80s and early 90s so it only makes sense but going back to this film i love it because it was a film like lover movie because the kid basically loved films and he basically got sucked up into a film now arnold schwarzenegger's acting is not that great but it's fine because like i said there's a good storyline yeah there it is number five last action hero guilty pleasure he was pretty epic in the 80s remember he was. him with little Alyssa milano yeah, and commando commando I love was that so movie. good commando was so good she was so adorable that little one's Alyssa better milano. the writing's so much better in commando and twins by far his best yeah. i think but that's just me okay my number five next up in the tank <laughs> i'm sorry you guys hear me talk about this all the time you see me tweet about it all the time i fucking love shark tank i am addicted to this show i went back and watched every season of it i cannot i think it's because i love the pitch i really really enjoy pitching things and so i i i just love seeing those people come in there and stammer and try to get some money I feel for them. I want to go in there and do it for them sometimes. And it's just like, I can't get enough of this show. And Mr. Wonderful, please come on our show. Yeah. Please. I want to talk to you, Mr. Wonderful. I, that has to happen. So freaking It, it has funny. to happen. Robert can come on and just cheer and be happy because he's like the happiest guy ever really on Shark Tank. He wants to try everything. He wants to eat everything. It's just like, calm down, Robert. Like, <laughs> okay, my number five. Shark Tank. So good. I would love to talk to freaking Mark too. Oh, Cuban I mean, would be badass. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a movie guy. You know, Magnolia mm-hmm. Entertainment. And so, come on, guy, yeah. come on. An IU alumni. Yeah, I mean, um, come on yeah now. of course. And a Dallas resident. Yeah. I mean, so it's the best of both of our it worlds. Really it's is. fantastic. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> uh, my number four goes to Bend and Snap. Reese Witherspoon, man, she's a badass. Just everything she does. Oh my does. god, but, she's amazing. But playing the typical dumb blonde girl, she's absolutely hysterical. Long rumored the um, reboot or the sequel to Legally Blonde is in the works. I don't know if I still believe it, but maybe, maybe. And of course, you guys know there's like musicals and shit about this movie now. So it's hilarious, guys. It's hilarious. It's ever on Comedy Central. I'll stop and watch it, especially if I have the girlfriend in the room. It makes me feel better about myself. Uh, because if I watch it by myself, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? You're showering but with I multiple still, I still watch it. Yeah, I mean, whatever. My number four is Legally Blonde. That's what makes you feel better. That's what makes yourself. me feel better. It's fine. It's good. It's fine. It's alright. It's okay. Uh, because of my 
number four, I could build him a new shower to cheat in. It's okay. fantastic. It's fine. My number four, I'll admit it, HGTV. I'm down with the Property Brothers. I like me some hometown. I just, I'm, I'm all in, man. I like that beachfront, you know, where I, I just, I can't get enough of it. I, I like cooking shit. I, so all the cooking shows. I like the home renovation stuff. Like I, I just. I want a log cabin that's like empty and then just go for it. I just like – I want to take all of the knowledge that I've learned from my little guilty pleasure shows on HDTV and go for it. That's all I'm saying. Just saying. There's nothing wrong with HDTV. No. No. There's really not. It's happy good TV. It that's is. That's what it stands for. Happy good TV if you yeah, didn't know. I didn't know that. HGTV. Happy good TV. You learn something new every that's, week, guys. That's, <laughs> that's what we're here for. You learn something new every single Honorable week. guy TV. Yeah, right. Uh, hey, you pick it. But whatever you want to say, that's what it is. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, my number three goes to Roadhouse. Mm. Patrick Swayze. Man, this guy. Uh, this movie is awful. I'm just saying. No, it's, no, it's not. It's awfully good. Oh, no, yeah, I'm okay. Saying, All right, I was going to say. It's just eh, so awesome. The premise is stupid. <laughs> but I mean, it's pretty it's a pretty badass action movie, but like the premise is kind of stupid. It's got fucking Sam I, Elliott I, throwing down. It's a badass oh, movie. Oh yeah, the yeah, two yeah. the their dynamic and their chemistry yeah. is absolutely hilarious, especially like the morning of when he like dances with uh Swayze's like boo thing in the movie. Like it's great. Great. It's absolutely great. And I, my favorite scene is when he rips Old Boy's throat out of his oh, fucking neck. What? That shit is crazy. Well, what about the scene with Homeboy with the dude where he's going down the street? I'm just like, this guy is such a prick. And, and let's be honest about it. How many people wanted to have sex against the wall after that movie, yeah, right? I mean, like, it was a pretty hot scene yeah. as well. Everything about the movie's good. It's fantastic. It's, You're, you, no, don't be. Don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why I don't feel guilty about it. Because my number three is also a Swayze film. <laughs> yeah. My number three is Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Johnny. I mean, because he's epic. He's all. It's Patrick fucking Swayze, okay? Swayze ruled back in the day. I'm sorry. He saved baby. He took her out of the fucking corner. He said, you will not be put in the corner. You will dance. <laughs> and he hoisted her up and the little... It was so badass. I, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Had fucking Jerry Orbach from Law and Order. Had Emily Gilmore from fucking Gilmore Girls. I, I mean, come on, y'all. It was an epic cast. Epic storyline and a nice retreat. Like, what? <laughs> Jennifer Grey before the nose job? Like, yeah. come on, y'all. Fucking epic. Don't don't judge. Dirty dancing. There it is. It's like a hot fucking potato. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that one. <laughs> it's a hot potato. Come on. That was in the movie. Come on, man. So anyway, um, <laughs> my number two goes to Miss Congeniality. Definitely a guilty... Freaking Sandra pleasure. Bullock is is your my next person. Yeah, basically, it, it, it's like, true. I love freaking Sandra Bullock. Anything she's ever in, I'm gonna go watch. Like she's absolutely great. Because I mean, there's just so many quotables from this movie. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. You wanna hug me? You wanna kiss me? Okay, I'll stop. Because <laughs> are we talking? Are we back in the shower? Uh, What's yeah, <laughs> kind of a little bit. But you guys know Miss Congeniality is so freaking good. Gracie Lou Freebush. Just go watch it, guys. I'm going to watch it after this. I'm just saying. It is phenomenal. I mean, should I even tell you that Sandra Bullock has a house in New Orleans? No, shit. I mean, she's like, 
She's there a lot. We're taking a trip. We may or may not know where it's at. Too, <laughs> oh, so I'm just. Uh, oh, I shouldn't have told him that. Nope. Now we're now we're in trouble. Right. If we don't do a show next <laughs> week, it's because we're headed to New Orleans. <laughs> um. Hey, you know who my girl is? There, the one that I just want to see everything she's in ever because I just think she's phenomenal. Like his Sandra Bullock. Lily Collins. Mm. I just think she's adorable. I think she's a phenomenal actress. Everything she's ever done is brilliant. She's this generation's Catherine Hepburn, in my opinion. She's she's just she's it. And I love when she does old school classic Hollywood stuff. And I am going to admit it. My number two guilty pleasure. And bring it. Bring it if you disagree with me, because I fucking loved it. I thought it was fabulous. I thought the show was awesome. Emily in Paris. Mm. It was fantastic. It was just a good-humored, goofy, campy love story about a girl in Paris falling for people, living her life, doing what she loves in the fashion world. I just and she's an influencer, like a social media influencer. Yeah. I, it, it was perfect, and Lily Collins was fantastic. I'm sorry, but Lily Collins is fantastic. Emily in Paris. It's Emily. My daughter is Emily. It, it's guilty. 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 There it is. Lily Collins fan. Guilty. <laughs> we know. We know he loved the lilies. Bring her back, Billy Ray. Last tycoon. Please tell me it was Cecilia that you wanted to bring back. We all know. We all know. <laughs> all right. My number one should come by no surprise for the people that know me. Keeping up with the Kardashians. I'm sad that's going off. I'm not going to lie because I love watching this show and realizing that my family is not as crazy as theirs. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you get, it's a dark hole you just get sucked into, and you just want to keep up with all the family drama for some reason. Like, there, there's no reason. I mean, but there's, I don't know, just something about it. You just want to be in the know with this family. But I also hate that at the same time. It's a love-hate relationship. But... Anyway, that's why it's a guilty pleasure, because it's a love-hate relationship. It's true. Keeping up with the Kardashians. I mean, by the end of this decade, every member of the family will be a billionaire. It's true. I mean, what, we've got two of them now, right? Two of them, uh, Kim officially became a billionaire. She might lose half of that to Kanye. I don't know how that's going to preen up, I hope. They probably, um, yeah. yeah. You would think, right? But any family that can all become billionaires based off of a sex tape, I hope Ray J's getting a cut. Right. I, I, man, did all the work and not getting any of the money, man. I'm just sorry, bro. Sorry, Ray J. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, I don't know. All right. My number one guilty pleasure, I, and I'm just, I'm thrilled about it. Wherever she leads, I will follow. I'm talking about Amy Sherman Palladino and Dan Palladino and Lauren Graham and Alexis Bledel and everybody else involved with the fabulous, phenomenal Gilmore Girls. Team Logan, by the way, all the way. Team Logan. Matt Sergi. No. Um, hey, just saying, no. look, guys, I was a Gilmore guy long before anybody realized. Well, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had when the women are all around and they're like, oh, my God, you watch Gilmore Girls? Yes. Yes. There are Gilmore guys. And it's a fucking phenomenal show. Brilliantly done. I wish streamers had been around back in the day and it wasn't on the WB because Lauren Graham would have like multiple Emmys. She wouldn't have a house big enough to keep them in. It was so fucking brilliant. I, I don't know. I can never be as big as Emily, Lil' Cam. I don't think anybody on the face of the planet is right. as big a Gilmore Girls fan. And I know there are a ton of them out there, and they're a 
I mean, a frantic, huge fan base. But this girl has watched it more than I have ever seen anybody watch anything in my life. She can quote every line from every episode of everything, all seasons. I, I, backwards. Probably backwards. Right. It's like, uh, so I can't match that. But I will say, whenever it's on, I watch it. You can't help but sit down and watch it. I will sing the fucking theme song all day long. Right. I, it's just, it's one of those shows where Lauren Graham is just epic. She's just epic. And and I don't think there's it's hard to match Amy Sherman Palladino's genius and wit. I mean, look at Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and just like so. Yep. Guilty pleasure, number one, Gilmore Girls, and proud Gilmore Guy. Makes sense. It makes sense. (laughs) What are your top five or top one guilty pleasures? We want to know. Be sure to leave a comment down in the YouTube section. What do you shower with? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Add us on social media or leave a comment in the podcast description as well. We're interested, man. We love the fan Of course we do. Oh, now it's going over to the box office recap. Godzilla vs. Kong did pretty well in the U.S. We all know it was a huge hit overseas, but in the U.S. it pulled in 11 Point six million dollars. Un- the unholy pulled in uh, 3.2 million dollars. Nobody pulled in 3.1. Four was Ryan the Last Dragon pulling in two million. And number five was Tom and Jerry with 1.4 million. Interesting. Now, new movies that are coming out are Dawn of the Beast, Voyagers, Mafi, Held, Virus Shark. Hmm. Yeah. Is that some sort of a spinoff from, like, you know, Sharknado? Or something? Uh, maybe. Oh, oh. I could see it. You catch a uh, virus? Or nah. what? No. <laughs> Movies you could still go see are <laughs> The Carrier, uh, The Girl Who Believes in Miracles, Chaos Walking, The Crude's A New Age, and French Exit. Yeah. Now, heading over to the IMDb Pro Top Trending segment. Oh, my goodness. We love this app. Don't even tell me you love it. Don't even, because you do. just said you shower with Quibi. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Don't listen to my MDB Pro. Don't I'm listen to I'm whispering sweet nothings <laughs> into your app. <laughs> now you say, wasn't me. It feels good. Wasn't me. All right. Uh, the, in the shower. Uh, wasn't me. The top trending movie, by no surprise, everybody's been talking about the past two weeks, Godzilla versus Kong. Not a definitive winner. Um, but you guys know that Godzilla remains in, uh, inferior. So it's okay. It's fine. You're right. He is inferior. Yeah, whatever. He is <laughs> like on top of the world. He's better than Kong. Blah, blah, blah. No, Kong got that club, bitch. He got that axe. He's Kong like, was Aww. dead. Kong was dead. Dead. Just and saying. so was Godzilla until but Kong helped him. We're talking about Kong versus Godzilla. Mm. Kong was dead. Who took out Techno Godzilla? Uh, That's all I'm saying. Uh, it was Kong. It was Kong. We will still have this debate forever. He was dead. <laughs> uh, the top trending TV show is, by no surprise, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Oh my God. Love this show. So good. You can see my Funkos. So I love good. this show. Uh, and the top trending star is Alexander Skarsgård. From? From. Godzilla and Kong. Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. I put Godzilla first that time. I know. I'm proud of you. He was calling it Kong versus Godzilla. Because Kong is king. Whatever. Just saying. (laughs) So goofy, man. (laughs) So freaking goofy. Well, anyway, guys, thank you for coming getting crazy with us on episode 157. We got to thank our guest one more time, Noah Weisberg, for coming on the show and getting a little crazy. Be be sure to follow him on social media. Oh, man. It's good. It's good. Be sure to follow us on social media, the company at Crazy Ant Media, and 
and the podcast at itcalfpodcast. You guys know you can follow us both on social media as well. Myself Facts. at JLoFantastic and Crazy Ant Guy. 1970. That's right, buddy. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. We're on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. Wow. And of course, you guys know we're on YouTube. You can watch the video version every single week. Be sure to hit the like button on the video, subscribe, and ring that bell for all the latest and greatest notifications for the crazy ass fucking videos. <laughs> Be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. You can donate to our Patreon page and, of course, go to Podcast Magazine to vote for us on the top 50 hot podcasts because we want to get back on that list. But, man, it was a great freaking episode. It really was. I mean, of course, all the superhero news, it was great. It was, I mean, it was great. Go Kong. But, yeah, man, I'm super excited excited to see where um what's his face's role how it will build in Grey's Anatomy because like I said he's only been in two episodes this season so to bump him up to a season regular or a series regular it's going to be very interesting to see how they play more on his story so yeah I mean I'm very excited there's a lot of good stuff though there's a lot of good stuff it really was I mean uh, you know I'm just excited about the slate of movies from Paramount even if they are moving them all around I'm not gonna lie I'm pumped for Maverick yeah I am too. I, I, I'm really excited about that so I, I was you know um, and yeah okay sue me fucking superhero <laughs> shit I'm excited about Angelica coming on board with She-Hulk I'm super pumped about that um, you know and and I hate it, but we have to do it, you know, and I'm glad that we do do it. All the crap at, you know, CBS. Fine. I know. You know, but guys, the, it is what it is. And the one thing I really enjoy doing, though, maybe one of my favorite parts of tonight's show is the um, mental health awareness, guys. I know we put it out there, but it's so important. We started it at the top of the show. Um and, and it's important, guys, and I feel like it's good that we put it out there and start those conversations. So I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, completely agree, man, because it's more than just the entertainment industry. It's about life. Exactly. Got to be prepared. Got to be ready. I mean, life throws a lot of shit at you, but, I mean, it's all about how you deflect that shit. Hey, you know who had a lot of shit thrown at her, deflected it, and came out on top? It's true. The only O that matters. That's right. Oprah! Oprah!